What's going on, everybody? How you doing out there? Welcome to the AI Test. I am your host, Mark Coles, and I am joined today by a special guest, Freddie Gibbs. Freddie, how you doing? Oh, damn. that's what we're doing right now. Okay, you're not okay. Freddy. You're not. You're starting Freddy. off like that. Oh, we just going. Bad. Okay. My bad. I'm joined by my normal host, Sean Williams. How you doing, brother? Okay. How you doing? Man, I'm doing all right now that I know the tone is set, you know what I'm saying? So you're going to be cutting up today. Okay. Nah, bro. I, I okay. was confused for a second. I thought I was... You was confused. Okay. I, thought, right. I mean, I thought I was joined by Freddie. My bad. You know what I'm saying? He be okay, making man. his rounds. I, I got... Uh. I thought no, I'm taking I'm I'm taking notes, man. I'm making sure I understand what's happening. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad that you clarified that for me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey man, I'm just saying, dog. That the resemblance is striking. It's crazy. <sighs> Wouldn't be the first time that I was uh mistaken or called Freddie Gibbs, you know. Yeah. Do you get free drinks in the clubs out there in Vegas? No, I don't get shit, man. I don't get nothing. It's the wrong people that's calling me Freddie Gibbs. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yo, maybe that's one the... day, maybe one day you should throw up at Snoop's house and see what happens. <laughs> see nah, know. man. Like, why would I? Like, <laughs> what is going on, man? Look, I, look, man. He might just let okay. you win. Like, he might just be like, "Oh, yo, Freddie, what up, bro?" <laughs> Like, well, he don't talk like that. But like, or I might, might get like, my ass whipped by Snoop Dogg. Or he might be like, <laughs> yo, won't you come in, nephew? Like, damn. You know what I'm saying? I ain't know you was stopping through. <laughs> saying. saying. That's just a setup, man. That's just a whole setup. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. <laughs> Listen. Yo, I'm, get, it, get it out, dog. Get, get the last <laughs> out now, man. Go ahead. You know what I'm saying? Ah, that's ah, go ahead. Get some shit in now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm, I'm ready, though. I'm, 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 I'm strapped now. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I didn't know I had to carry in this mug, but you know what I'm saying? I hey, got bro. it now. Hey, bro, you already know what it is, man. I'm out here for it. Listen. Yeah. Um, but, yo, man, there's a lot to cover today. Um, like, NFL's starting to come up so we're going to be getting into that today for you guys um getting into the nfl injuries and the and the restart of that league and um we're gonna also take a quick peek into the nba bubble and try to cover that a little bit as well because you know that's uh the one sport that's really uh got it going on right now um because not a lot of people follow nhl like that but um, unfortunately, we got to start off on a serious note, and then we're going to get to the, to the fun stuff. Um, so we probably going to bring you down, but we're going to bring you back up by then. So, yo, stick around with us. So, man, Sean, my brother, my friend, right? Um, Freddie, as they will. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, brother. Uh, so, you know, listen, so you call you you call my you call me your brother, but you know, you also calling me Freddie Gibbs. Continue. Hey man, is that uh, okay, man? Freddie Gibbs is a millionaire and he makes a lot of money. I would love to be friends with Freddie Gibbs. <laughs> hey. That's 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 great. You you friends with Sean, <laughs> the dude the dude that's a thousandaire. So so get over it, dog. <laughs> uh, I feel I feel disappointed. But, but anyway, I'm not disappointed that you're my friend, but disappointed that I'm not friends with Freddie. 
Now, don't try to clean that shit up now. You know what I'm saying? Don't try to clean it up now. You know what I'm saying? You disappointed. I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. I don't have the money that you thought I did or that you wish I did. I don't. I don't know, man. Look, um, we all disappointed, dog. We just gonna have to deal with it together. All right, man. So, for real, like, all right. I don't want to mess up this uh, gentleman's name, uh, but how do you, how do you pronounce this, Masai Ujiri? Yes, you got it right. Uh, look try. at me. Look at me, man. Knowing how to pronounce stuff. I'm. I'm dope. All right, so um, Messiah Majiri said one name correctly. Come on, let's go. Messiah Ujiri was assaulted last year by um, Almadea County Sheriff at the um, final game of the NBA championship in which the Raptors won in game six. Um, And it was originally reported by the sheriff's office that um that Masai was the aggressor in this situation and the in the county sheriff or the officer he saw he seen this as an opportunity and he decided to try to sue Masai for um everything yeah, basically. <laughs> Try, for like, if you could think of it like emotional damage, anxiety, whatever, he tried to... Future, future, future wage losses due to injury. Um, the old buddy even had his wife jump in and sue him. Like, I, I can't, like, it was literally everything that you would possibly or could possibly sue somebody for. They had it all in that bag, all in, all in one. Yeah, so yeah. Basically, he tried to get he tried to get after the bag. He saw he saw this as an opportunity to um, to make make a buck. But fortunately enough, it is 2019, and you you dumbass, you are wearing a body cam, and it's the NBA championship. There are cameras everywhere, and these cameras seem to have caught. The entire altercation uh, and how it happened, and his body cam has the audio. And and from what we've seen from the videos, we see the video um, from the stadium where you could see uh, Masai walking up to the officer, and then you see him pulling for his badge and the officer pushing him away. And he asked the question, then the officer pushes him again. And that's when he let's just not just say push, man. He he, he shoved, shoved that man hard as fuck, man. Like, yeah, he shoved he shoved no. him. Yeah, um, pretty good. And he and and at this point, Messiah's like, why does this guy keep pushing me? He shoves him back. And and it took it took other people to break it up. Um to to be clear, I'm just gonna state it off the bat. It magically took a white person to identify who Messiah was for for this to altercation to all of a sudden uh slow down. Um in the from the body cam video, you can see him walking up and you can see clearly the lanyard sticking out as he's pulling as so he's shown his identification is clearly within view 
before this officer puts his hands on him. But Captain Gunho decided, <laughs> I'm, oh, I just, I see a black man coming up to me. He's a piece of shit. I'm going to shove him. And Bruh. he must he must not be here for any particular reason. I, this dude is walking up with a gray charcoal suit that clearly looks better than anything is in your closet. And you feel that, and that doesn't give you any warning signs like, hey, man, this gentleman might be somebody of import here. And but you shove him and say and tell him to back up. Oh, no, you said back the fuck off early like no questions like nothing you just said back the fuck off very quickly um i don't know if this was your first time doing security at a major event or anything like that but you were a little you were way too you were way too uh excited for the situation and then and then this guy is looking at you and you can hear people saying you can hear them saying, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. But yet you keep you keep going because you charged up. And and now there's a situation where you basically put a mark on Messiah's night because this should be a time for a celebration. His team just won the championship. He's the president of the Toronto Raptors, and they achieved exactly – the prize that is so coveted and is so hard to achieve, but yeah. it's now marred by the fact that no matter what you do in life, you can't escape the fact that you're black in America. You can't. You can't. And, and Sean, I, I kind of, I kind of just started rambling off with how with uh, the situation and uh, pretty much revealed how I feel about it. So man, go ahead, man. Let's start this conversation. How um how do you how do you see it, bro? Man, um there's just let's just get all of the um all of the what ifs and all of the reasonable doubt out of the way. Okay. Um, uh, all, all that all that goodness, you know. Cause um, I mean, yeah, you can feel free to jump about like, well, what if and all that, but there is well, no I'm just, I'm, I, well, what I'm saying is I'm, let's go down the checklist basically. Okay. So we have, so you have the sheriff's, the sheriff's county office or, you know, the, the county sheriff's office, whatever, you know, they got officers down in there. Okay. Now mm-hmm. Mark, um, if you're working this type of a detail, um, Usually, if if it's a VIP detail, you know who the VIPs are. That's just what it is, man. Uh, I've done, I've done things in the military as far as even hey, you're the lowest ranking dude. We just need somebody to drive. No, we need somebody to pick up these VIPs from a hotel downtown in Las Vegas. We need you to bring them back to the base. Yo, yo the you luggage. need to stop it. You ain't doing nothing like that. You just, hey. yo, you you just worked a concert for the EPR Look, bullet. You need. You to relax, can say bro. that, Mark. But <laughs> you, you don't know you what just, happened, man. You just relax. You you Sorry. worked you, a concert you, you for the know, EPR man. bullet. This is this is you what happened. They set me. You said like no. The concert is way cooler, Mark. It's way cooler <laughs> than getting sent downtown to grab some people's luggage. 
okay. and grab a couple of people and literally just drive them to an airplane that's on the base. That's what I did. I had to load their luggage for them. You know what I'm saying? And all this stuff. They weren't even in the military. They were civilians. Okay. This is what I was told to do because there was some type of major conference dealing with something in the military that they couldn't tell me about. They were just like, you're the lowest ranking person, tag, you're it. You got to go, you got to play chauffeur. Cool. But guess what? They told me, hey, there's eight people you need to pick up. And they gave me the names of the people I need to pick up, right? As simple as that. Take these bags. Don't touch nothing. Here's what you can do. Here's what you can't do. That's the way it works. If you, if you're working, okay, you've done, you've done security detail volunteering. I'm sure you know who's going to be at the event. Yeah. I know you, not you know to, who's know hosting not, the event. I know not to shove pink when she's trying to walk through the door. I know thank, the letter pass. Thank, thank you. So you understand. So, so what I'm saying is this is a sheriff's county, uh, the county sheriff's office. They know they should be putting together a list of who's who. Hey, the championship could, this, the, it could conclude tonight. Right. This, if there's a celebration, we want everybody, because they're telling them to keep people off the court, right? Right. They should know, hey, keep everybody off the court, but these two or three people, these people, you let them rock. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's, first off, well, it's not very hard. Like, I'm, like these lanyards, um, these lanyards with their passes are given to the right people for a reason. If, if Captain America took five seconds to just be like, um, let me like, oh, I see you pulling out this, um, I see you pulling out this pass. Let me see it. Like, it took yeah. five seconds. Well, he would have, he would have been all right. But continue. Well, I mean, to, just to try not to try not to drag this out any further. Look, man, they get told this is what we're, this is what to look for. This is who's allowed to go here, and this is who's not allowed to go here. They got that info. And if, and if part of that was, hey, if they got this lanyard, make sure that it's legit. Make sure it's not counterfeit, which regardless, they should be checking it anyway, but they should be checking it even more closely. Think, you know, in, in, the, in the event that somebody is trying to pass something off as a fake lanyard. So they even know what watermarks to look for or whatever. Like, this is just what it is. Like, this is how they should be proceeding. It's not, it, I don't think that nobody told this guy how to conduct himself. I'm sure that they told him exactly what he needed to do, exactly how to do it. And this dude just got bored. He wanted some shit to jump off. He's looking for some shit to jump off so he can get some action. And he saw a black man walk into the court. Doesn't Listen. matter if that black man's wearing a suit. Listen. It, it just, he I has have... a lanyard. He has, Mark, Mark, Mark. Look, look, let me get into this, man. Cause state there was, I mean, I've seen enough footage of him wearing a lanyard around he had the lanyard out pretty much the entire time he was there at the game yeah. it's not you know you, he literally if he the same hand that he claimed that uh that uh your jerry the same hand that he said your jerry hit him with because he said he punched him in the face but repeatedly which is the not same hand that he's claiming that he got punched in the face with is the hand that had the, the the lanyard the, the pass in it so i'm trying to figure this out man so you just an asshole that wanted to be a dickhead today you know and let's keep it a buck if that was steve kerr wearing a suit 
he wouldn't have done that. Maybe that's not a fair comparison because Steve, Steve Kerr is on camera more him. often. Hold on, hold on, let me finish. Maybe, maybe because he's on camera more often, but, but, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The dude had a lanyard. It doesn't even matter. You don't have to know who the hell he is. You know what? You know why? Because he has a fucking lanyard <laughs> that, that says he's supposed to be there. He has, a, he has a pass on a lanyard. Matter of fact, if you were to stop for a second, because you, if, you know, if you watch the video, you can see the officer putting his hand out to basically try to tell him to stop. And when he sees it, he starts to pull the lanyard out into plain view so that he can see it. And as he's pulling it out, you know, that's when, that's when the shoving starts. So it's like you're not even giving him a chance to prove, prove that he's supposed to be there. You know what I'm saying? How is it that you're not even giving him a chance to even show his credentials? So either way, I'm just, I guess in the end, I'm just tired of seeing situations like this play out. And then for them, the, the biggest disappointment is the county's office, the, the sheriff's office today, they Double came down. out and doubled down. They doubled down and said, no, we believe that our officers are not lying. We don't care what the footage says. We still believe that he was the aggressor in the situation. Right. So it's basically like, well, maybe he didn't get punched in the face. Well, maybe he didn't get hit this way. Maybe, but he was still the aggressor. Like they basically saying, it doesn't matter what you say. We still going to hold, we, we still going to stand behind our officer. And this is the problem that I have when it comes to the thin blue line. It, it, it's, it's, it's disgusting to me. You guys are supposed to, you, you guys are supposed to stand for something. Um, and basically what it comes down to is you just see everything is either you with us or you against us. It doesn't matter if you were a child. It doesn't matter if, if, if that, if the cop is completely wrong, it doesn't matter if there's evidence against them. It doesn't matter. You just, it's just, Hey, we riding with them. Either either way, and um, in general, Mark, I'm 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 finished off like this. When when people, I hear a lot of people always talk about loyalty, right? And into and and you know, I'm looking for people that are loyal, that are just loyal to me no matter what. And this is the problem, man. I'd rather have a friend than somebody that's loyal, because guess what? The person that's loyal is going to back you when you're doing some dumb shit. And when you're doing something that could possibly get yourself in trouble, that loyal person is going to stay loyal to you and back you when you do that dumb shit. Okay. I'd rather have somebody that's a friend that's going to tell me, Hey man, maybe you shouldn't do that. You know what I'm saying? We have what we, what we have there is too much loyalty. And a lot of the loyalty is, is being loyal to a lot of bullshit. So race, just racism is racism. I'm I'm gonna say I believe it's 100% believe it's racism. There's gonna be a lot of people or some people that feel like it isn't, but I mean, let's just call a spade a spade, man. We just tired of it. I'm done. I just want I just want to be able to live my life and have other people live their lives without being uh, attacked or judged or possibly. I mean, this man had to go get a lawyer. You know what I'm saying to defend himself because he was getting sued for touching a person that he was he that or punching a person in the face or whatever that he never touched like that. He never touched him uh, that way. So he's the, he's the president of the Raptors. He already had those lawyers. Um, no, what I'm saying is he got to pay them. No, their own retainer always getting paid. It, 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 it doesn't matter though, Mark. No, I know Still, they probably getting extra for this. It's not, he has a retainer, but that retainer is getting used. Okay. I feel <laughs> 
I feel you. But listen. It costs money. That's why they're suing them, because they know it's going to cost them money. Even if it goes nowhere, they'll drag it out on litigation just to stick it to them in his pockets. Listen, um, to be honest, man, it, the, the, the biggest takeaway that I have from this, man, is that, yo, like, I mean, we've already seen it in, um, in other situations, like where areas of like Michael Bennett and um, was some of the other, like some other basketball players that um, Michael Bennett is a football player, but in where basketball players have been pulled over in the city in which they played basketball and have been, and have been treated like they ain't shit. And um, not that, not that ba- basketball or your fame should make you any better than anyone else, but it just shows that your fame or your money or the way you dress or anything does not change the way does not change the way people treat you and the way that some of these like some of these people feel about you because of the color of your skin. Because I guarantee you, if uh, like there's not like you said, there's no way that you're going to convince me that had a white person walked up to this man, he he would have reacted the same way. I do he, not. He might have. He might have even stopped him. Hey, sir. Let me see some credentials. You know what I'm saying? Like he might have even stopped him, but he wouldn't have shoved him. He wouldn't have done. He would have. He wouldn't have been the aggressor. Like the like this dude immediately shoved and pushed a man who just walked up to him, and it wasn't like he like we see the video. We see from uh, the above ground view. We see it from the body cam view. We see him come into view. It's not like he came in running. It's not like he came in like in any sort of aggressive way. He came he came forward walking like a normal human being. Like he could have been walking up to you to tell you that my wife like he could have been he could have not been who he was and been just a regular guy watching the game, but coming up to you to tell you that his wife was injured over here and you are the first officer that he's seen within view. But here you are here you are, Captain America, shoving a man instead of figuring out what's going on. That like, this is the problem that we have here in America, and this is the problem that us black people have with police officers. Nowhere, nowhere is anything like that in your training. But you guys react this way. You guys do whatever you feel you want to do. And you feel like, oh, he's black. I could get away with it. There's a reason why Black Lives Matter, the slogan exists. Because oftentimes, the black life is treated as if it doesn't matter. And in this moment, you didn't care how you treated this person because you saw a black man. It didn't matter what it could have been. You saw a black man and you figured I could do whatever the fuck I want. Well, well, it's and the pro- and the and the real problem that I have here, the major problem that I have here is that even after the fucking video, you have you have your the county sheriff's office doubling down. 
Like the video is out. Come on, man. Like, at what point do you say the fucking jig is up? Like, this is like, how often has a police officer killed, wrongfully killed a black man or wrongfully killed any person in general? And you double down it, you double down and try to protect the, that police officer. It, like come, this is why there's bad. Yeah. This is why there's all the bad blood between yeah between our communities, and this it's, is why people are slowly turning slowly turning against the way that the police are structured, and that's because of because of these type situations where you like you are doing something wrong, you have done something wrong. And and it's not just and the officer that did it is not being held accountable. It's as if all officers feel as though they're being attacked, and it feel and you act as though you act as though you there you're above the law when you should be protecting the law. Yeah, like it just this is the problem that I have. Yo, it's like it's like the and the number one excuse or the number one like kind of mindset with that is like. Well, this person is an officer. They sacrifice a lot. They have a family. Like I know it was kids, so I don't want anything bad to happen to them. Fuck that. If the person like, that you killed had a family, well, well forget about that. Like, forget about just the forget about just the killing. Family. He the Messiah well, had a family. Like, all well, what I'm saying is like, forget about the killing. Just talk about this. Let's just talk about this situation. It's like it's like yo, if this person does not care enough about his own family and about his own situation to conduct himself properly as a, as an officer of the law, then why the fuck should you, why should you care? That's the way I see it. You know what I'm saying? So you're trying to save him from himself is what you're trying to do. But how are you doing that when you're literally just being an enabler? It's, it's, it's not, well, forget about that shit. Like I care about the laws behind it. The, he, he did what he did. He's protected by the union. Can't do anything about that. But that's not even the big part. The big part is sheriff, sheriff's office says, you know, we're backing them. Who is there to tell the sheriff's, sheriff's office, hey, you're wrong. Matter of fact, you come to my office and let's talk about your job. Who is in charge of that and where are they every time these scenarios happen? That's what I want to know. So, I mean, at, at this point, you know, we've been, everybody's seen that one person in school, at work, wherever it may be, that you're just like, you know what? There's no point in talking to that dude because that dude does not care and they're going to do whatever the fuck they want to do. And, and, and they basically are just living life like, you know, I'm dead wrong and I'm going to continue being dead wrong because I don't care. So yeah. everybody knows you know when somebody is a lost cause. What I'm saying is, what point do we chalk it? Does, you know, does the city, you know, or does the mayor's office or like, do they even have the power to remove these guys? And that's the problem. There's like, I don't even know if anybody has the power to check them or put them in check whenever you have, you know, basically a police chief that, or a police captain that comes out and says, nah, man, our guys are clean. Right. When clearly everything in the video says they're dirty. Like, why is there no checks and balances for that? There's checks and balances for everything else in the United States. And when it comes to government and all that stuff, you know, but there's they, absolutely look, zero checks and balances for police officers and uh, 
precincts. So, and they feel as though that they can, uh, and they even then they feel as though they could get away with the doubling down or any of this type of stuff because even if it was to go to trial, like in any situation, nine times nine times out of ten the jury is going to give them uh, the benefit of the doubt because, well, it's a police officer. Like, it's, like, so they count on that. They prey on that. The fact that they can, they can excuse some stuff and say, well, it was a crazy situation. I didn't know, like, I didn't know what was going on and I had to react in that split second time. Could you react in that split second time the perfect way? Well, guess what? If you had proper training, you probably could react in that split second time the proper way. But you don't get the proper training. You train for eight weeks and then you're thrown out there and you're already and you're thrown out there with your prejudices that you came in with. And we have situations like this or situations that end up much worse than this one did. But the fact that this nasty fuck decided to sue Masai, knowing that he was the aggressor, knowing that he was dead wrong to, for a dollar is absolutely insane to me, man. I hope I hope he gets everything coming to him karma wise. And I and this dude is just despicable, man. Um, mm-hmm. I, unless you have anything else to say, I would like I would love to move on from this. I am. I'm ready, man. I'm ready to lighten the mood or something. But like, let's move. Let's move on. I'm good. All right. The Washington football team hired uh, Jason Wright to be the president of football operations. Um, Jason Wright is a 38 year old black man. Um, and he's the first uh, 38. He's the first black man to be hired at the president position for that team. Um, so how you feel about that, Sean? <laughs> hey, man. Um, man, I, there's been so much. I mean, are we back t- to talking about the pandering in sports? Are we back on that episode? I feel like we are. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I, I feel like we are. You know, like I said, when this, when, this, when this happened, when I found out the news, I'm like, okay, well, let me, let me, do, some, let me do some digging. You know, who is this Jason Wright? I'm not even going to lie, man. I thought they said Jeffrey Wright. I'm like, ain't that the dude that played MLK in that TV movie? Like, <laughs> damn, they hard, man, they went all out, bro. They was like, yo, he looked like he played MLK, so we just going to hire him. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, I mean, how, but how ridiculous, how, I mean, how far off is that from what's been happening? So, I'm, I mean, obviously, it's Jason Wright, not Jeffrey Wright. So, I was like, okay, well, let me look at this guy. Let's see what he, what he has going on and who he is and why they hired him. Um, and then I started looking around and I'm like, so it, all I kept seeing was a bunch of people's comments with around the league, you know, executives and, and like coaches and stuff like that saying, Oh yeah, man, he's a great guy. He's an amazing guy, just a phenomenal person. You know, I'm talking about all the adulation, all the praise in the world going to this guy. Right. Yeah. And, um, it just it just dawned on me at that moment. I'm like, yo, why is it that he was such a great guy? And why is it that he was such a good pick for the job right now amidst everything that's going on with the Washington football team? You know what I'm saying? And I'm putting the emphasis on football team because they're being called that 
for a reason right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, right. you know, and, and, you know, they got the whole scandal with the cheerleading stuff and the, and the sexual assault allegations and all that stuff. And then they're like, you know what, let's black, let, let's black the front office up, you know, let's throw a black guy in there and let's hope that his shit goes away, man. And, and, and it just pisses me off because you have guys like him that have been, he's been around for however long and nobody's ever thought to give him any of these positions. And now all of a sudden it's like you, you're it tag. You're a great guy. You know, whenever they do, they always find the safest pick. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. They always find the guy that's not going to ruffle any feathers, the guy that's going to be happy to be there you know, the guy that may or may not feel like he's fully qualified, but it's, it's like, yo, I'll show up. I'll do the best, the best job that I'm capable of doing, you know, and it, that's, they usually get the guy that is not going to have a problem being a company man. So, so I'm just looking here and I'm like, every time I, I I'm a Niners fan. I watched us as we, aggressively chase down John Lynch to be our GM. He didn't even want to be a GM. He wasn't even thinking about coaching or anything. He was just sitting in a booth, minding his business. And we came beating down the doors, asking him if he wanted to take the job. Okay. That's how we ended up with John Lynch as a GM. I love him as a GM. He was, he did, he's done a lot better than I ever expected. He would all of their suspicions about his knowledge of the game was correct. Kudos to John Lynch, but it's amazing how he was qualified for this job and he didn't even know he was qualified for the job or he didn't even want the job. But guess what? Somebody found him and somebody knocked on his door. You know what I mean? The only time that I see this happen when it comes to um, specifically, I'm talking about the NFL now, when it comes to ex players, when it comes to ex players in the NFL, the only time they get their door knocked on when it comes to these opportunities is when somebody's trying to save face or when somebody's trying to fill a, a, a black quota. Right. That's it. That's what, that's what happens. And it's like, yo, if this guy was so great and he's so perfect for the job, why is this the first time he's getting an offer like this? That's the first thing I thought. Um, I really don't care, to be honest with you. It doesn't make me forget about what's going on in, in, their, in their offices with the sexual assault allegations. It doesn't make me forget about the fact that, um, that Dan Snyder is a, is a, is a tool bag and a dirt a bag. scumbag. You know what I'm saying? He's the same guy that basically, he doubled down so hard on not wanting to change the name that even when everybody said, all the sponsors said they were going to pull out, he still really didn't even come out and say anything. He just let it, he just let it simmer for, for a week or two. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's that guy. You know what I'm saying? So none of this, none of this, they think that this is going to wash away their sins, but it's not. And to be honest with you, to me, it just looks even more disgusting on their part that, hey, man, we're just going to try to get a black guy in the front office and broadcast it to everybody. Yeah. Since when is, since when is somebody getting hired as a president front news while NBA playoffs is going on. Yeah. Well, the fact is that Jason Wright is the first uh, black president at, for any football team for that matter, mm-hmm. which is, um, eh, is it, that is just telling um, of how the NFL operates in general. 
I mean, this is a league which currently, out of 32 teams, only four of the teams have black have people of color as head coaches. Um, so, so it is what it is. Uh, we we do know that they have a inclusionary problem, and that is, I mean, hell, the Rooney Rule exists for a reason, and. Yeah. And yet, even with the Rooney rule existing, you still have teams circumventing that rule um, the best way that they possibly can. I'm looking at you, Eagles, who have interviewed Deuce Staley every single year and have passed him up for some of the most garbage people I have ever seen to be an offensive coordinator. That guy that was an offensive coordinator for the Eagles last year was trash. There's no way you can convince me that that, that Deuce Staley wouldn't have been better. Deuce Staley has worked for this team for over five years now, and he has interviewed for that job several times and keeps getting passed up. It's absolutely insane to me, and it's disrespectful, especially when this year you decided, uh, we're kind of not really going to go with an offensive coordinator um, this year. And even though Deuce Daly interviewed for the job, it's that's wild. Um, yeah. Uh, but, hey, but you fulfilled your quota for the Rooney Rule. You interviewed the black guy, so you're good. Great. Anyway, um, getting back to the point at hand here, though. Go for uh, it. <laughs> So, yeah, man, this is nothing but a PR campaign. Um, do not get me wrong. I am extremely happy for Jason Wright and being allowed for him, for this opportunity for him. Unfortunately, that this opportunity couldn't just come to him because of the merit of who he – just because of the merit of him being – the right person for the job. Like it's that added thing like of, Oh, we are, we're in a bad PR situation right now. And what would be a great PR situation is to hire a qualified black person, because I will put emphasis on the fact that this man is qualified. He has an MBA. Um, he's played football. Uh, he's played on a, he's played on a national level. He's He's worked on the NFLPA. Like, so he, he is extremely qualified for this job. He's never, he's never had an office position within the NFL, but he has worked with, um, but he has worked with businesses in turning around um, the way that they're viewed and uh, their marketing and things of that nature. So he, he is qualified for the job, but the fact that, but the fact that he's black is pro, is the main reason why he was hired in this situation, in my opinion. And I'm going to make sure that I say in my opinion because I can't necessarily like yeah. without you coming out and saying it, I can't prove it. But that's yeah. what I believe. Um, yeah, well, I'll say this. I mean, it also. I'm sure the deciding factor was they probably looked around, asked the question, hey, has there ever been? Oh, there's never been? So he would be the first. Okay, yeah, pull the trigger on that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's 
it's got to be like, uh, come on, man. That wasn't, that didn't just happen. And they, they, they woke up and was like, oh, man. What? I, I didn't even realize he was the first. Like they knew, and they knew that's why it was good. They they knew that was going to make a splash, and that was the way. Like without making it look like you're feeding the headlines and you're feeding the media this stuff, the best way for it to take a take a take on a life of its own is to make sure that he was the first black. You know, he's the first black president. Okay, cool. Right. Even better. We're gonna do this. We don't even have to. Um, all we have to do is mention to whoever that he's the first black president. That's it. And then it'll take on a life of its own in this, in this climate in today's day, day and age, you know? So it's, it's just, it, it is unfortunate like that it has to happen at this time, this point in time, if this shit happened on a regular Wednesday, you know, two years ago with nothing going on with, when it comes to race relations, then this would have a lot bigger of an impact on me, or at least it, in my eyes, I feel like it would have a lot bigger impact if it happened then. Well, it would, I mean, it would have a lot bigger impact if it wasn't the Washington football team. Like this team, mm-hmm. like you said, man, they have a lot going on right now between the name change and from and the name change being such a big deal is because Daniel Snyder did – double down and he and he said I will never change the team name like like when when it was requested back in 2012 or 13 or whenever like that he said I will never change the name of this football team and um and also I do believe he also had uh disparaging remarks about uh Black Lives Matter and the kneeling and stuff like that and and now with the Washington Post article that came out with all the um, scandal that's going, that has been going on with that, within that team, um, Daniel Snyder had to clean house. He's had to fire all the broadcasters and he, he, he hired a lawyer to look into the investigation. So I guarantee that his name will come up clean because he hired the investigator, which is more ridiculous. Amazing, yeah, but it's amazing. So I'm sure <laughs> he will come up clean in all this scandal. But um, even going forward with um, more about this, like Jason Wright, of course, that's the guy that's going to spin it for you. You know, you already hired Ron Rivera, Ron Rivera, who was qualified for this job as well. But you hire Ron Rivera, that looks good for you, and you. And now you hire Jason Wright, um, mm-hmm. who's who's the first black um, president. That looks good for you as well. And his job is to come in here and have the hard task of making Daniel Snyder not look like a piece of shit. Well, good luck with that because, you know, they say it all the time, you can't shine a turd. And at the end of the day – Daniel Snyder is still a turd. That football team might look a little bit better. He might be able to turn around their marketing campaign or get them on the right track in some ways, but I'm never going to forget exactly who the fuck Daniel Snyder is. Um, So Mm -hmm. um, it is what it is, man. I wish Dan, I mean, I wish Jason all the luck in the world with, um, with this team. And, um, 
but I know exactly what this um what this hire was and mm-hmm. I just wish that it wasn't like just um just to as Kanye put it oh <laughs> don't throw him in the front <laughs> so the black people can see him you know what I'm saying basically yeah because I'm up well this is this is the exact equivalent of the NFL hiring Jay Z for yeah. his position. Is he qualified? Yes, he is. <laughs> but let's 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 be honest. They was like, "What's the blackest? What's the what's the you know what's the biggest blackest name that we could find?" Jay Z. Let's see if Jay Z wants to come in and handle this shit. You know what? He throws some he throws some minorities up on the stage at at halftime show with Super Bowl, and we'll call it a day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, we'll give him a little bit of power, but not too much. You know. But uh, I'm I'm done with I'm done with all that stuff, man. Man, you got any better topics right now, man? We got anything like we really digging uh, deep into this bullshit that be happening, man? And I'm I'm over it, man. I'm over right. it. Well, let me get this out the way, um, because I just read this recently. Um, keeping it on the Washington football team. Coach Ron Rivera was diagnosed with lymph node cancer. Um, So he noticed a lump in his neck. He got it checked out. He has the early stages of lymph node cancer. Um, They said that he can can continue on the coach. Um, And they cleared him for that. But they said around the time that he'll really start feeling it, it's probably around week three or four of this season. Um, so don't know what that means for the direction of this team coaching forward. We do know what happened with the Colts, uh, with uh, Coach Pagano. Um, when he went out, Bruce Arians took over. And that's how Bruce Arians got on and caught fire and ended up in uh, Arizona with the Cardinals. Um, so it's not really much to say about this situation. I just wish, uh, coach Ron Rivera the best. And I'm just reporting what's going on in the Washington football team. Yeah. Hopefully he recovers soon. Um, if he's still able to be a part of the uh, coaching and game planning in any capacity, um, he'll still be able to have an impact on that team, you know, He's a defensive-minded coach. Redskins, uh, excuse me, not the Redskins, the Washington football team, they always have, uh, they always draft defense heavy. Um, So having him as a head coach is definitely going to help their defense out. It's unfortunate that he's going to have to go through this. Uh, We'll see what type of effect it has on on the overall uh, head coaching job that's going to be done this year but you know this is just uh things just ain't going right for them and uh hopefully the organization pulls it together and hopefully Ron Rivera gets better all right so um next up all right you wanted something light well here's something light but you're not going to like it all right so here's a quote directly from Jason Wright As a DMV local and fan, I've been watching this team with interest long before I knew I could be a part of it. 
I believe in Daniel Snyder's vision for this organization, and I am looking forward to partnering with Coach Rivera, who is a champion for the players and one of the great minds of football. Together, we will define the future of the Washington football team. Okay. Do you know where I'm going with this? Do you know what line stood out to me, Sean? Just say yes or no. That's fine. I, I don't know. I heard Daniel Snyder. I heard Daniel Snyder praise, and I blacked out. I don't know what she said. I don't know what happened. I don't know what okay. was said after that. Well, I'm gonna let you know what line stood out to me, Sean. Go for it. As a DMV local and fan, I have been watching this team with interest long before I knew I could be a part of it. Um. I'm going to hearken back to just this past episode of the eye test, episode 12. (laughs) And go go for it. And I'm going, I recall someone saying that DMV, the area, that they didn't really have a football team or something. No, no, no. See, you're not understanding me. I Uh, said Virginia Beach. Okay. Which is not considered to be in a DMV area, but I guess you wouldn't know that because you've well, never lived in a DMV area well, or listen, Virginia, Mark. Listen, all I know is that DC, Maryland, Virginia. It didn't specify what a particular part of Virginia. It just says Virginia. You know what you sound like? You sound you sound like the folks that have a problem with Black Lives Matter. <laughs> no, I don't. That says Black Lives Matter. It doesn't say Black Lives Matter too. It just says Black Lives Matter. So you know, what I'm saying I can't. You can't blame me for taking it for what exactly it's saying. Come on, dog. DMV. Uh, come on, bro. You know what the that's, that's a stretch. Virginia Beach. That's not a stretch. That's a stretch. Virginia Beach. I was I was thirty minutes from North Carolina in Virginia Beach. Okay. I was actually closer to North Carolina than D.C. So when you, why, why are we bringing up D.C., like the whole DMV area? Obviously, we're talking about the area surrounding D.C. that contains Maryland, Virginia. No, but you know what? No, we're it's talking fine. about Washington, D.C., all of Maryland, and all of no, Virginia. No, that's not how it works. I, I'm just this going off of what it says. Well, I'm, I'm asking you know. because now if you put it that way, then why, aren't, then why don't you get on the Ravens fans then? Well, because they are Baltimore. They have their own team, Baltimore. Oh, but they're in a DMV, so. But, hey, so they can go, but they could go either way. That's okay for them. They could go oh, So way. somebody from Virginia Beach can be a, just a like, Baltimore just, Ravens fan. So maybe I should no, be no, a no, no, maybe, no, no. So, so don't ask me about the rest. Don't ask me about the Washington football no, no, team. No. Why don't you ask me about the Ravens? No, because, listen, no, because, listen, you, you as said a, DMV contains Virginia and Maryland and D.C., correct? Yes. So but, why can't I be a Ravens speci- fan then? Specific to Maryland, they have two teams. Just well, specific like. to D.C., they have one team. What are we talking about? Look, look, look man. Yeah, I'm going to be – well, let, 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 let me help you. know me, what? I'm, According to your logic, I should be able to be a Ravens fan, and, you, and there should be no complaints about it. Uh, listen, but you're so not a Ravens fan. You're a bandwagon who went all the way across the country to San Francisco. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like you jealous. It sounds like 
You're jealous that you weren't a military brat. It sounds like you're jealous that you didn't grow up in the area where they didn't have a football team to where you could choose a team. You know, but you it did have like, a football it team. It sounds though. like it once again, it sounds like you just jealous you got stuck with the Eagles. I'm sorry your team sucks, Mark. I'm sorry. What are you talking about? We know how to finish a Super Bowl and win. I'm sorry. Mark, you guys won one Super Bowl in your entire existence. So everything that you're going to say to me is based off of one game in the entire existence of the Philadelphia Eagles organization. And Go for it. So what? Go for it, Mark. So Go what? for it. If that's what makes you happy in life, hanging on to one day, then you go ahead. You hang on to that one day, Mark. Oh, well, listen, it's more than one day. Clench on to it. Hold but on you to know it. What? You what? I mean, you might not remember this because it didn't happen to you since the 90s, but it's more than one day. There's a celebration. There's a parade. There's all types of fanfare that happens after – you win. So it's more than you know one what? day. I think I finally Enjoy understand why you like this, you Mark. I understand why you like this. I think, I think it's because you realize that you better cling on to this because it's not going to happen anytime soon again. It might never happen. I think that's what it is. That's why you're clinging, that's why you're clinging on so tight, Mark. You yeah. understand. I think, I think we, you know what? I think you understand me a little bit more than you leading on. Okay. All right. Sure. Anyway, yeah. man, mm-hmm. um, let's keep it in football and um, let's just, um, let's get into it, man. We haven't really been able to talk much about football because there's been so much going on um, with the NBA and we've been trying to keep these uh, podcasts um, uh, length times as low as possible. Um, it is not working, Mark. We hit not two hours every time. Not at all. But um, so let's just talk about – let's get into football. So let's spend some time there for the first time ever. Um, so, man, uh, training camp started. Uh, the latest episode of Hard Knocks came on. Um, I didn't notice anything special about this past episode of Hard Knocks that I really felt the need to talk about. Um, did you? Nope. But I mean, it's training camp. Um, they, they went into so much detail in the first episode about the changes in the, um, process of how they do things that now it's just back to regular training camp. (laughs) You know, yeah. it I mean, are you even interested in these training camps? Like the only thing, like, because I, I, for me, uh, is it is it Justin Herbert? That's 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 the only thing that I kind of would like to see is how he's doing. But outside of that, they don't really have anybody that I'm new that I'm checking for or anything like that. So, yeah, no, um, not at all. Um, but, but. Talking, but um, talking about training camp, I was interested to see any injuries that popped up or anything like that. And in this episode, nothing really happened for uh, these two particular teams. So here's the thing, man. Um, there's a some more stuff that we could get into with this, um, but like covering the injuries and all that, I think think we're good for now but I definitely want to get into in the next step in our next episode like um 
some of our, some of the things that we're looking forward to with each NFL team and um, and how that's going to go. Um, but I def but I feel would feel remiss if we don't get into this um, NBA bubble stuff. So you good with that? If you wanted to do, boss. <laughs> oh, oh, that's that's what that's how it is. Like what you, what you wanna? Uh, you got something that you wanted to cover? No, no, we good, bro. We good, we good. Let's talk about it. Um, all right, man. So, um, Lakers won today, so that they tied that series up one-one. And um, notable thing that um came out of this game was uh. Lillard dislocated his index finger in the game. I'm not sure at what point he did this. Third quarter. Third, oh, okay. So that's a big deal. That, that's a big deal. I mean, significant time left on the clock. It, that helps explain why, at least a little bit to me, it helps explain why the score is so lopsided the way that it is. Um. Anything you want to say about this game? I know we're both here, so but um yeah. Um I I have nothing about this game except for the fact that Portland had a horrible shooting night and I don't know if I said this on air or off air, but I definitely said that for whatever reason, whenever Lillard starts to have a bad series or have a bad game, it just seems like that's exactly the same time that C.J. McCollum has a bad game or a bad series. It's almost like C.J. McCollum is not going to be – I put him in the category of uh, Chris Middleton as they're not real number twos. A number two should be able to step up in, a, in the absence of the number one, even if it's just temporarily. They should, But they should definitely be right there – to where, hey, number one doesn't have it today. Hey, as a number two, I should be able – the number two should be able to at least get you 20 to 25 points during a night when the number one just doesn't have it. And I feel like C.J. McCollum is one of these guys that that's exactly when he plays bad. He plays his worst whenever Dame has a bad game. And it, and it, and it puts Portland in these predicaments where they lose – or where they lose these games where even if – if, if McCollum would even just give him a little bit more, they would have a chance. Not today. They got blown out today. But uh, that's that's what comes to mind. It's just C.J. McCollum ne- never having a good game when he needs to. Carmelo Anthony looked like the Carmelo Anthony in OKC today, apparently. Um, yeah. Them boys were shooting terrible from three. Today. Yeah. Well, Carmelo Anthony was one from six for <laughs> shooting. Like – that's that's no good. And he played twenty seven minutes. Uh, that's yeah, yeah. Lakers didn't look great either, but they they got the win hey, by mean, a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like mind you guys that this is just shooting from the hip. Looking at the stats, we haven't watched the game yet, but um, LeBron James played twenty seven minutes and only scored ten points. That's very odd for him. Um, but this was but he also, only took like eleven shots, which is also odd. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but in a game in which he pretty much was probably never required to do much because they were leading throughout the game, 
he probably put it on cruise control and him being older, he had to get the rest where he can because it's only going to get tougher from here. Um, I don't really have anything else. Um, yeah, I'll just say I wasn't surprised. I expected the Lakers to come out and win game two. LeBron is notorious for losing game ones, especially in big series. Shoot, man, I've seen him lose game ones to Atlanta, Toronto. It just doesn't matter. He he, It's a game one. He's gonna lose, They're going to lose. What I didn't expect is LeBron to come out flat in right. a game two. But I can't say anything because his team won. No, you can't. And um, lastly, well, the other team that I particularly want to talk about is Houston versus OKC, man. Um, I don't know what's going on here, but um, this effort from Chris Paul, this is two games in a row. This isn't like – Chris Paul said it himself. He said he has to – he said, to put it plainly, I have to play better. And I can't agree with him more. Like, this is squarely on Chris Paul's shoulders as far as his his effort or his lack of effort. Like, using my eyes while I'm watching him play, he looks unenthused. He looks tired and – um he doesn't seem focused. I don't know what that is particularly about, but in order for this team to win, they need CP3 to be the CP3 that has led them to the fifth seed in the playoffs. All right. Um, um, anything to say? Man, it's it's really disappointing right now. I'm hoping it's not what I think it is because – what it looks like is CP, CP3 is reverting back to his uh, L.A. Clipper days where in the playoffs is exactly where, you know, you couldn't count on him. Oh. You know, I, re- I recall him just just being clutch and playing his heart out the, those couple years in, with, with Houston. And I was like, man, this dude is really like like we can't say that about him anymore. We can't say – we can't say this dude ain't balling in the playoffs. Matter of fact, we we looking at Harden like, what's up? And then we we even got to the point where we said, hey, if Chris if Chris Paul would have stayed healthy, they would have beaten the Warriors, right? That we were at that point, and now it's looking like Chris Paul of old has reared his ugly head again. And you can't come out flat two two games in a row right now. It's not playing the team like the Rockets. Um, He's gonna he's gonna need to do something. If he doesn't do something, then uh, these these boys about to get swept. Man, might as well start bringing the brooms out in the fisher poles. Mark is well, getting is getting, getting there. <laughs> well, I I will say this: um, if the if the Rockets continue to run away with this series, we probably will not see. Even if Russell Westbrook is healthy enough to come back, we probably won't see him come back. Um, for this series, because yeah, I'm telling Russ to sit the hell down at this point. They're gonna, got this. Yeah, they're going to let him uh, keep healing that uh, quad as much as they can. And if they're running away with this series without him, they're just going to let him rest for the next series. Um, so, which is which is the smart move? I expected OKC to make this a uh, 
I guess a better matchup than what they have the last two uh these last two games. Yeah. Um, so far it seems as though I'm wrong about that, but I still expect them to make this a little bit better um than what they're showing uh so far. And this is yet another game where they seem to not get Steven Adams involved. Um Got to get that. You got to get that big man involved somehow, man. You got to figure it out. Yeah. Um. Shout out to Ricky real quick once again. Um. I told you because he was like, "Well, we'll 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 see if 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 feeding Adams is going to make a difference." And I told him, "No, we won't." Yeah. Because they will not feed him. They will not uh, give him the ball. Um. This is just the way the NBA teams are coached now. So. But- that, you know, even if even what I'm saying is they not only do they coach it to where they're not going to play through any big men, but also it doesn't matter how successful that big man is when he is getting his looks. They basically will say, that's good. You're still going to get your six shots a game. And we're going to, we don't care if you're shooting five of six, it doesn't matter. We're still going to shoot these threes and give it to all these people that are bricking. It doesn't matter. That's the way, that's the way it goes in the NBA now. So. Yeah, Stephen Adams played uh, 30 minutes and was four for four. So he was 100%. Doesn't matter, Mark. Yeah, four for four isn't a lot of shots. I mean, he could have took – Those could be – you know, those could be tip ins. That could be like, like – I mean, I get it. But, you I mean, run run plays for him. Exactly. Like, I remember – like, put it this way, man. Rockets found a way to feed their big man when they had Clint Capella. Yeah. I, I, I'm just saying – a big man that has no moves other than jump up in the air and dunk. Yeah, you're but, absolutely right. But uh, you know what? Uh, you know they they was getting that man 15 points a game. So, uh, you know, there's no excuses. Yeah, man. No, no, there's not. Um, Jimmy Butler continues to uh, lead um, the Miami Heat um, to victory against the Pacers. Uh, that's another 2-0 lead. Uh, T.J. Warren has come rocketing back down to earth. Um, can't uh, say you know, that I didn't expect that to happen, but it is what it is. Um, I expected him to come down a little bit. I did not expect him to fall flat on his face, but... Yeah, you know, you know like, honestly... Uh, the Heat are, in my opinion, the Heat are one of the few teams that actually have the ability to play some form of defense. Um, so, and, and somebody like Jimmy Butler, um, maybe giving them fits, who knows? Uh, so, you know, it is what it is. You got – it just – it's unfortunate, but I also see the Pacers uh, getting swept um, in this series. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, what did I tell you about playing in the East? <laughs> if 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 not for anything, you will you will have to deal with coaching. Um, it seems like they got the coaching, they got the offensive weaponry, they have the defense. They're a well-rounded team. They're one of the most balanced teams in the NBA, um, and they're showing it right now. So, yeah, and it's. And um, lastly, 
Milwaukee seem to have recovered uh, from their embarrassing loss to the Orlando Magic in game one. They have evened out that series. It's one love. And um, that was to be expected as well. It seems like they've, this is a team that did get their big man involved. Brooke Lopez had 20 points today, eight for 12, four from eight. Um, eight of those shots were from three. He made half of those. So, hey, man, if you're making half your threes, I'm okay with you having eight threes. I'm, a, I'm okay with you shooting eight threes if you made half of them. Yeah, yeah. Like, like there has to be a cut. Let's talk about that. There has to be a cutoff point, right? Like, if, if like, especially as somebody who isn't traditionally a three-point shooter, he's somebody who added that to his game so he could stick around in the league. You know, um, it, you have to have a cutoff for a guy like that. If it's somebody like a Steph Curry or, you know, a Trey Young or like if they want to shoot, you you trust them to maybe there's a chance. Maybe you say there's a chance that they could um, catch fire or regain their stroke partway through a game. If Brooke Lopez is having an off game from three, he's not he's not regaining anything. OK, so, I mean, this game, four of eight. Nice cool he shouldn't be going one for five no. i don't i don't like no like i but i felt <laughs> like even i mean we bumped into an interesting conversation because i feel that way about any player i don't care how much of a sharpshooter you are i feel as though like particularly let's talk about the james Harden, not james Harden's and jay uh and steph curry's because they are one for ones but let's talk about Steph Curry particularly and James Harden. If if you get to the point where you are now like you there should be an internal clock in your head that when you get to like one for eight or like one for six, one for eight, that internal clock needs to be going off and saying, All right, I have these other tools in my toolkit. It's time to pull those out because I need to get myself going and I'm clearly not shooting myself out of it. Like, and oftentimes you see that with Steph um, and you see that with James where they get trapped into trying to shoot themselves out of it and where they could, where they are able to slash and get the layups. James Harden is able to get himself to the foul line and luckily for him, he will do that. He will, like, if he ain't getting his points, if he ain't getting his points through shooting, he's getting his points by making it to the foul line. He's at least smart enough to do that. But Steph Curry doesn't really do, that's not something that he really does in his game, even though he's an excellent slasher and he, um, and he has that ability. But he gets, sometimes he gets trapped in his mind to keep trying to shoot out of it where he I mean, has other that- options. Is that him or is that Steve Kerr? Um, he's the one on the court, so I'm gonna say it's him. All right, man. In today's day and age, where the players have all the power, yeah, you can't put that on a coach. Um, let me let me put it this way, man. So, over the years, all the great shooters, all the announcers, all of the media, everybody has always said this one thing about shooters. Um. They just need to see the ball go in the hoop. You know, 
and they'll tell you, oh, man, you can't let them, you know, see the ball go in the hoop. They even praise guys when, you know, foul a foul gets called away from the ball and the guy shooting the ball that or the, the guy that has the ball decides he's going to take a couple more dribbles and shoot the ball three seconds after the whistle. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously it's not going to count for anything. They know that, but they're just going to get the shot off, right? Whenever right. somebody goes and blocks that or goaltends that or whatever they do after the play's already dead, they praise him because they say, you know what? You should do that because you can't let this cold shooter see the ball go in a, go in a hoop because all they need is to, is to just make a bucket. It doesn't matter where. It doesn't matter if it is a layup because if it's a layup, they'll, that, that still could charge them up to find their shooting stroke. So if, if this is what I've been taught by all of the professionals my, my my entire time watching basketball, then why is it that none of these guys decide to do that? Like nobody tries to go in to get their runners or go in to get a mid-range jumper or to go in to get a layup, get a couple of those easy buckets or get themselves to the free throw line to make a couple of free throws in hopes that it would help them find their shooting touch again in the middle of a game. That's, that's what baffles me, Mark. It's, it's not something that's a big secret. It's not something – so is this just no longer true anymore? I'm trying to figure this out. But if that's something that's been being – I mean, people still say it today that, hey, they just need to see the ball going to hoop. You know, if you're still saying it today, but then you're also not criticizing those players for – you know, you're not criticizing them for refusing to go to the hoop. Then what are we doing? So that's what we here for. I'm going to call it out. You know, I mean, I think that would help with a lot of these situations, mm-hmm. you know, with where, where you see guys go cold and go one for nine. Yeah, it, it definitely would. But um, it's just not the way that they're moving. So who, so we are stuck with uh, – these games where they could have avoided the um, the bad shooting nights by just going to an extra tool that they have, and not and I guess what upsets me about that is because these are players that have that extra tool. It's not like they're a Kyle Korver or a JJ Redick who has like the shooting is their tool. Like that's the only tool they have. Like, no, they have the other tools. Like, if J.J. Reddick just keeps shooting from three, I understand because you're not – you don't have those other tools available to you. So, I understand you just keep shooting from three because that's that's what you got. So, you have to keep shooting to get to get out of it. But um, – Yeah. But when it comes to Steph Curry and James Harden um, or any player like them – when they get into those ruts and just uh, are dead set on keep shooting from three and it's not falling, it's frustrating because I know you have other tools available to you. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, I like a uh, nice little tidbit that we was able to bump into. Um, I like that, yeah. man. Um, so – all right, hey, what's going on, y'all? For the YouTube viewers that are watching this, you probably see a wardrobe change and be like, what the fuck? Well, anyway, 
Um, had some technical changes, so we um, so it's a new day. So, but that means you will get to cover a little bit more in this episode for you guys. Anyway, um, so let's talk about it, man. Um, our next topic was going to be what the asterisks, um, how people feel about this NBA season. Um, because a lot of people are out there saying whether or not they think this season deserves an asterisk. And it seems to be pretty split on the subject. Um, so, Sean, what's your thoughts, man? Um, do you think this season deserves an asterisk? Um, I'm going to flat out go ahead and just say no. So um, let me uh, give you a few reasons why. My initial thought when I was when we first talked about it and we were talking about it, I said, in my mind, it was an asterisk season because at that point in time, remember, no games have been played yet. Right. Um, the people were already getting sick and having to quarantine, um, and this was like maybe three, three, four weeks before the game started. So it was just looking like, hey, they just got to the or some people had just got to the bubble. The, some of the people that were getting sick were the people that hadn't even gotten to the bubble yet. So they were going to have a late arrival. And it just seemed to me that like, Hey man, how are y'all going to get everybody here healthy in the first place? And it just right. seemed, and then um, that was around the time that, you know, Avery Bradley opted out and there was a couple of the guys, Dwight, Dwight Howard was talking like he wasn't going to show up, you know? So we had all these things going on. Uh, as far as players, the unrest with all the um, Black Lives Matter stuff happening, it just seemed like but the George Floyd protest and uh, players wanting to do, uh, wanting to be a part of that in particular versus being yes. at the bubble. Yes. So yeah, they're out there marching, and then even in the boardrooms, you have you had Kyrie at the time. You know, it was this is fresh off of Kyrie saying that um, he, he felt like the season shouldn't be played and they would be better served with boots on the ground you know so th there was a there was a lot of things going on it seemed a little seemed like everything and everybody was going in a bunch of different directions um but fast forward that to to the start of the bubble the start of this bubble season and uh man it, it was like night and day you know everybody seemed to have settled down um people um joining the marches and protests uh, due to the civil, you know, you know, being part of the civil unrest, that kind of slowed down. Um, people, it seems like the NBA players were just ready to play basketball. So they showed up, you know, that they, they had a, you know, pretty much nobody since they've been inside the bubble has been sick. No, Every, all everybody that tested positive tested positive before they got to the bubble, and that record of zero uh, positives still stands now. So at this point, you know, other than the people that opted out, there's nobody missing. Other than the people that are injured, there's nobody missing. Um, everybody, everybody that needs to be here is here. Right. You understand. And if they're not here, it's due to injury. So all of the important players are there. I mean, I mean, I still think the only person that falls in that category that um, that opted out that is considered to be 
an important player is Avery Bradley is probably the most important player that is not there. And to me, that does not that everybody being gone from the Lakers roster with the with the players that they have and the team that they built, that is not enough. Right. That is not enough for me to call it an asterisk season, just because one team in particular um, may be a little bit shorthanded. But when I say a little bit shorthanded, I really mean that just a little bit. You know, they still have a better roster than 80% of the, the um, playoff teams. So to me, I don't want to hear any excuses from anybody or any teams. Everybody's pretty much dealing with the same thing. Everybody's dealing with the same uh, living conditions. Everything's basically a neutral playing field. If anything, this is more of a fair, <clears throat> a fair setup than a regular playoff situation with the traveling and, and, and you know, playing away games. So to me, this, this will, will truly let us know who's the better team. Right. Yeah. Um, listen, man. I feel as though you're exactly right, and it pains me to say this because um, oftentimes when it comes to basketball, you and I think along the same wavelength, and and sometimes I just want to get into it with you, but I can't because you're just saying the same stuff that I would probably say. So I can't wait till football season comes around because that's where you and I tend to differ, and we can really oh, yeah. get into it. Oh, it's coming. So, <laughs> like, so I can't wait till football season comes, man. We got, like, what, another two, three weeks. And, boy, I'm going to dig into that ass. Pause. 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 Okay. Yeah. So, everybody relax. Everybody relax. <laughs> so, listen. Um, but, anyway, you're exactly right, bro, um, with this one. Everything about everything about this bubble in the initial um, – start points made me think that it was an asterisk. I feel as though uh, I believe we did discuss this in episode three at hate to bust your boat, hate to burst your bubble for those that haven't caught um, our takes on our original takes on that. Um, so you could go listen to it or watch it on YouTube and whatever you use to listen to uh, podcast um, episode three, hate to burst your bubble. All right. So anyway, now that plug is out the way. Um, so like I said, I thought that this would be an asterisk season based on all the civil unrest, how many players were th were uh, choosing to opt out. I mean, at the time, even at the time, Dame said he was going to be in the bubble, but he wasn't going to play. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like there, there was all types of things that was going on. And like you said, yep. the white said he wasn't going to play. There was so like there was a lot of big names at the time that said they were they were opting out and which uh, which greatly affects the play. But yeah. when, but when the bubble actually came around um, for for lack of a better word, I, I don't want to say it was cap because I feel as though they did truly feel that way, that they were probably going to opt out. But the NBA showed, like, look, no, this is what we have, and this is how we can do this. And maybe, and so it convinced these players to just go ahead and come on in and play. Now, with, now what you did say was you mentioned Avery Bradley um, not playing, but another, another major name of a team 
that is not playing is Trevor Ariza. And um, Trevor Ariza. Okay, yeah. And Trevor Ariza's reasoning for not playing has nothing to do with COVID-19 or the bubble itself. Trevor Ariza's reasons for not playing is because the summertime is the time in which that he has his son. And he, and so he cannot uh, have the entire summer go by and him not have his son. So he's, um, so he's doing, he's doing the commendable thing and choosing and choosing his child over playing in the NBA bubble because he wants that time with his son. Um, So like you can't knock that and that's, and that's perfectly fine. But I, and with that, I, with the players that are missing or the players that did opt out, I look at, I look at that as no different as if you lost this player for a season or for the rest of the season. Um, you, which happens, or sometimes they just lose, lose them for that series, man. Right, exactly. So, I mean, it happens. Yeah, so if you – so if Trevor Ariza went down um, – knock on wood, but if Trevor Ariza was to go down for some reason, um, like with an ankle or whatever, and not be able to play for the series, mm-hmm. then what's the difference? There is no difference there. You just don't have Trevor Ariza. Like, so, like, the, like it's not like you have – four starters on each team opted out like no like it's it's very minimum you like you don't have a bunch of six men that have opted out or nothing like that it's the number is extremely small and it's not like players are missing time due to COVID or anything like that no player is coming up with COVID and missing time these players are all playing and the only players that that are missing time within the bubble is because they've come up with NBA related injuries, which is par for the course in any other season. And due to the fact that they've already played so many games at this point in the season, the yeah. play, the playoffs were, we were pretty much looking at who was going to make the playoffs anyway. Yeah. Um, and so and so that wasn't – so I don't look at that as – I don't look at the eight games as a real big issue as to – because it's not like the landscape was going to change that much in the first place. In fact, yeah. I, think, I think due to the eight games, the better team made the eight – the better team made the eighth seed um, in the West. Yeah. Like, because um, – uh, excuse me. Uh, the Blazers are – a hundred percent the better team than Memphis. They proved it in it. They proved it in the bubble. Um, and they proved it in the tournament round. Um, still. Yeah. So like, so if anything, this, this bubble situation seems to have up the level of competition to where it is. The level of competition is more potent. Like we are seeing players playing outside their mind inside the bubble. Like, duck, ridiculously. Like, like just last night, um, Donovan Mitchell put up 57. I mean, he put up 57 in the loss, but he put up 57. Yeah. Like, that's like these players is going nuts inside the bubble, man. You had Devin Booker. I mean, he already, Dev, like, he was already a notable name in Devin Booker. Yeah, but he's he, already himself. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know what I'm saying? But, like, he was lights out in the bubble, and his entire team was lights out. With, uh, yeah. on an eight-game win streak, like it took everything that the Blazers had to to keep them at bay. And then, well, you I had- was just good. 
I, I was just – oh, no, I guess continue. I'm, I'm waiting till you finish. But, yeah, um, and so – and the Blazers played – and the Blazers put, did everything they needed to do to um, to secure that eighth seed and snatch it away from Memphis. So I don't have any asterisks about this at all. Like, I don't – I don't look at it as an asterisk. I look at everything like, yo, you got the players that you need. You have everybody in front of you. And if they're down due to injury, then that can happen in any regular season. So why would I place an asterisk on it? Because certain players aren't doing their thing due to injury. Or why would I place an asterisk when it's only one or two players who could be gone anyway due to injury? You feel me? Yeah. So, and and I just wanted to speak on the um, on the uh, Trevor Reza situation real quick because you were talking about how Trevor, you know, is gone for you know his kid, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, lo and behold, the two teams with notable injuries are playing each other first round. Right. So that pretty much, I mean, whoever moves on, they earned it. They earned it the hard way, you know. And Trevor Reza is a big piece for Portland. Um, it's just just because of what he what he can do defensively, and right now is a it's amazing as Portland has been on defense, even in this last loss. Like as good as they've been on defense, they um they would be even better if they had Trevor Ariza, you know it, you know. So that's and then he's a you know he's a three and D guy, so you know he he can knock down he can knock down threes at a pretty high rate. So yeah, it's a big deal with him being gone. And then you know for the Lakers, Avery Bradley defensively is clearly missing they're missing him a lot so but it but it to me it seems fitting that they're playing each other um we're talking about the the bubble play as far as the the teams being there that the better teams being there I criticized um I criticized the NBA in a previous uh podcast saying that you know they basically said they saw some teams on the fringe and they were like well we need to find a way to fairly incorporate them in a playoff hunt and, you know, in the little eight game, you know, and then them playing. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and I, and because they structured it, even though they said the the playoffs was still going to be East West, they said the, the eight game playing time was going to have, you know, X amount of, teams and that number was chosen specifically because they saw um a number of teams on the fringe on the you know on the uh west coast and specifically on the east coast i felt like they were looking at the nets and hoping that hey man kd will be healthy he could come back and play you have kd and kyrie so i felt like it was hand the number was hand picked but i mean that was my criticism hold on i got it yeah, yeah. yeah, so that was my criticism, right? But I'm saying right now, it seems as though, even though I said it was cherry-picked, I could say they cherry-picked this, but they definitely executed this correctly in a correct way to where the teams that had, that, that had a chance and the teams that could very well be the eighth seed and be a decent eighth seed all had a chance to play for it. You know, there was a situation where Dallas, Dallas went three and five. They didn't play, they didn't play good in those eight games, but they still, they're still there. They're still, they're still the, um, what is it? The seventh seed. So there's, so they're still there. You know what I'm saying? That didn't affect the eighth seed or who was coming into the eighth seed. 
even with them losing, they lost a bunch of games and they were still there. Portland made their way into the into the playoffs, like you said, and they were they are the better team uh, compared to the other teams that were on the bubble, per se. You know, so I, I don't know, man. Like once again, I criticize the NBA, put my foot in my mouth again. <laughs> you know, they they definitely handled the playoff situation correctly, um, <clears throat> but uh, as far as this goes, you know. The right teams are here. We're seeing it play out. Clearly, you know, you got eight you got eight seeds beating one seeds. So, I mean, it, it is what it is, man. That's all I got for this topic. Yeah. Oh, that was the other part. That was the other part to it to me because um, you pointed out that they were hopeful that Kyrie and um, Kevin Durant was going to be able to play in the bubble. That – that was another thing that was going to make it for me, um, I guess, an asterisk season because players that would not have been available in the regular season will, because of the, because of the gap in the time frame, they were going to be able to be available. But lo and behold, the players that were going to be able to be available <clears throat> due to the time gap, from, and so now they were healthy from injury. They opted out anyway. Um, so that so it basically left the season exactly how it was, how it, how it was going to play out if everything went as normal. And I think it was also crazy because had everything played out as normal, Ben Simmons would not have been able to be a part of the Sixers play uh, the play the Sixers playoffs um, anyway because of his back injury, but do, yeah. but, but thanks to, uh, but not thanks to, but due to uh, unfortunate circumstances, he suffered that in, he suffered another injury and he's still not available for the playoffs. So the season is still playing exactly how it would have played out. Had there been, had there been a normal yeah. season with no stoppage. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, man, um, that's, um, yeah, that's what I got for um, that topic as well. Uh, yeah. So we're going to – let's just move into um, last night's games, man. So for everybody out yeah. there, this is um, – I'm just going to be in a moment of transparency. Um, this is Saturday morning for us. Yeah. So um, we're just going to – a bunch of games was played and game, and some of these games was fairly interesting. Um so we want to incorporate that into this episode. All right, man. So Toronto and Brooklyn is exactly what it is. It's Toronto and Brooklyn. Brooklyn never had a shot, and Toronto is the number one seed. Yeah. Not really anything to go into there. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. I don't even need to talk about it. Yeah. So, but, yeah, I do want to talk about – I want I want to talk about, yo, it's a – it's a thousand percent um it's a thousand percent time to put respect on Utah's name. Um so yeah man. Um Utah is running away with it, Mitt, bro. Um I don't know I don't know what 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 they're gonna do here, man. Like Denver Denver lost lost this one um by a wide margin. Um, and Rudy Gobert stepped up 
And look, we had this we had this conversation about get your yeah. big men about get your big men involved. If you like you get your big men involved, it does not matter who's raining down threes, man. You get your big men involved. Like this dude is eleven from fifteen and twenty-four points, man. Like get your big man like he's there for a reason. Get him into the game. And yeah. Don, like so this is like and this is a game in which they needed like those short shots because Donovan Mitchell was not yeah. at his best. He was two for six from three. And five for thirteen total. Um, he put up. He did give okay. up. T- he did put up twenty points, but like obviously so, that's not his most efficient. Even. Okay, I got some. I got some math for you, Mark. So, because I'm, I, I just it's bugging me to no end, man. There's always these people out here that believe wholeheartedly that you have to compete with these threes by shooting threes, and they wholeheartedly believe that you know you cannot win against a three-point shooting team by shooting two-pointers, right? So I got some, I got some analytics for you, some home-cooked, uh, you know, analytics. Uh, oh, no, but you're going to like these, Mark. Okay. Word. So, so, so here we go. Here we go. So, for, so 40%. Um, 40% three-point shooting is what you would hope for mm-hmm. from an individual player. Or if you're talking about a team, you, you, most teams feel like, yo, if we could shoot 40%, then shit, we won the game, right? right. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, so that's but that's what most teams are shooting for. Most teams that are good three point shooting teams will probably get you about thirty five percent, right? Uh-huh. About thirty five percent. Okay. So let's just say that. Okay, thirty five percent from three. Um, and I'm gonna use a hundred shots as the reference, so we can make this math really easy. You shoot a hundred times, and you sh- and you're shooting thirty five percent from three, then that puts you at hmm, let me see that's seventy. So one hundred and five points, right? Okay. Okay. Now, if you were to match that shooting two pointers, instead of making thirty five shots, you would have to uh, you would have to make what 50? 50, 50, 53 shots. Okay. Uh huh. So that puts it at 53%. So 53% shooting is equal to the two points, two pointer 53% shooting is equal to 35% three point shooting. You get the same results, right? Okay. Then now you have 40%, the coveted 40% that every team wishes they could shoot. Let's say you play the Warriors, you play the the Rockets and they get hot. They shoot 40% from three. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. To match that, that's 120 points. To match that, you need to shoot 60% from two. Um, Rudy Gobert was shooting higher than 60% from two, okay? Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter what they were doing. Unless they were going to come out there and shoot 50% from three, that does not counteract what he's doing, okay? That's that's, that's the issue. So if you're going to talk analytics, the analytics say that Rudy Gobert's efficient two-point shooting above 60% if you're shooting above 60% from two, it does not matter what the other team is doing unless they just get amazingly hot from three. Right. It does happen. If some games yes, the team shoot 50%, Absolutely. it does. Yes. But guess what? Guess what? There's a higher percentage of. There's a higher percentage chance of you repeating your 60% from two with, I'm going to reference OKC, with Stephen Adams going right. to the hole against 
against uh, P.J. Tucker. Adams shot a hundred percent the other day. Yeah, you know this is this is why this is my this is my thing about it. So we're talking about big getting their big men involved, especially know, speaking, when it's a major uh, when when there's a major mismatch like what's going on in the Rockets OKC series. Does yes. like I would damn near give them the ball every single time unless he's like you, triple teamed. You have to exploit that. You have to. So I, I'm not going to name names, but you know who you are. We had this discussion, Ricky. We had this discussion, Ricky. But uh, <laughs> but uh, I would yeah, definitely yeah, like to know what your thoughts again. are. <laughs> I, I would like to know what your thoughts are. You know what I'm saying? We could have that discussion later. But but to, to all those that believe in analytic, analytics, there's some analytics for you. You know what I'm saying? Granted, there's no guarantee that you're going to get 60% out of your big man. But if you're if you have a seven footer playing against a six foot five guy, then yes, there's probably a high there's probably a good chance that he could shoot sixty percent. Yeah. So, so well, that's all I got for that. But Utah, um, Utah, yes, they 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 look good. Two things for you, Mark. Um, I don't number one, I don't understand what people expected from Denver. Um, I don't know if people remember before the before the COVID nineteen hit. Um, Joker wasn't looking like himself, man. Jokic was not looking like the guy from the playoffs last year already during the season. This is something that was already and, and it's showing it and it's showing itself right now. Like he's not he is not having a good time right now playing in Utah Jazz. You know, and I personally believe the problem is he's actually playing a team that has a big man. He's playing a team that has a defensive player of the year big man. You know what I'm saying? So so that's his problem, you know. He, but he's supposed to be versatile, be able to do everything from anywhere. But at the same time, like I said, he wasn't playing good this entire season. I don't know what people expected. I don't know why people are shocked. And then number two, I will say this. Utah is surprising me just off of their – like the fact that um, you have uh, Donovan Mitchell – and Rudy Gobert seemingly over whatever squabbles and whatever beef that they had uh, over the whole COVID-19 microphone uh, getting the locker room sick situation. So that's good to see. And then also, but Donovan Mitchell's play has been amazing. Um, He's been doubted. He's been doubted this entire season. People have kind of stopped talking about him. There are some people that thought, you know, you know, after the whole rookie of the year situation, basically it's been people have been quiet about him. People have been saying they don't think he he can get it done after last year's playoffs. And sure as shit, he showed up now and he's he's balling. So I don't. I think I I think I would have. I mean, I thought that the Jazz would win anyway, but I did not think they would win like this. Yeah. Now, um. For those that were listening, I do believe I said he had 57 last night. I didn't mean to say that. I meant to say he had 57 the other night. Um, speaking on Donovan Mitchell, for those that are air hustling for me to say something wrong, I got it correct. <laughs> they out there. I know. So, um, but yeah, man. Um, so we can move on from this team. Um, <clears throat> all right. Let me um, pull this back up, pull my information back up from last night. Um, so we have then that the other team that played is, um, which is pretty much exactly what I expected it to be, 
is Boston and the Sixers. I'm gonna let you go first on this one. Um, how did how did you feel about this game, man? Or did you have any feelings about this game? Um, to be honest with you, I didn't have any feelings about the game itself. Um, because I feel like I'm just watching the same game over and over and over and over again when uh-huh. it comes to the Sixers and the Celtics, you know, different. Sometimes it's just different faces going off, but it's still, it's still the same. It's the same, uh, same issues. Uh-huh. Uh, the Sixers can't guard the Celtics, right. even though they're supposed to be a defensive team. It doesn't matter. I don't want to hear anybody say anything about Ben Simmons being gone because what happened the past two years? Like, it's it just they always light him up. And for whatever reason, um, you now Boston has a, has a Jason Tatum that is playing consistently at a high level in the bubble. Like, I haven't seen him really have a night off, you know? So well, now I mean, if they're going to do – I will say to this, um, last night wasn't his best night, though. Um, but he, but he got, but this, in this particular night, Kimber Walker um, picked up his slot. But last night was last night at all. That's that's fine. Like I said, it doesn't even matter because Boston's gonna win. We already knew they were gonna win. Um, it just is what it is. But more importantly, what I want to speak about is Joel Embiid, which usually it's you going in on Joel Embiid, but it's my turn today because man. What what's the first thing I see, man? I, I see this dude with the little whiny crying face again, dog. Every year we gotta go through this, dog. The series ain't even over, man. The series ain't even over yet, and this dude is already already about to cry. He's already whining. You know what I'm saying? Why? Why is he already in this mode like this? Like, are, but, are you not but, supposed to be? I thought he was supposed to be a dominant player, and uh, he's supposed to be the most dominating center in the league. You know. Dog, man, this dude, <laughs> this dude asked, he, he called out the reporter's name, right? He called out whoever it was, he called out the reporter's name it's for him to go next to ask the question. And he's saying that shit. He's got his hand and his, his face in his, his hand. He's uh, go ahead, rubbing his face. Like, 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 I'm like, dog, is this what we doing? Is this what we doing? Doug, this is who, this is who he is. Listen, I, l- listen, man. Look, listen, um, I'm going. I'm to, sick of it. But listen, you need to go I'm, away. I'm going to take away. I'm not going to speak on his game. I've decided that I will not speak on any player on the Sixers. I will not speak on their gameplay. I will not speak on how on the way that the in which they lose these games or what they did wrong in these games anymore until this team has a new coach in the building. Like that's um, because I will, I will give that to these players because like, I do believe that a lot of things start with the coach and this team has so many things wrong. Like you can point to Al Horford, you can point to Tobias Harris, you can point to Joel Embiid, you can point to so many things that each player does wrong that I want that I know for, I've known since the first Boston series that, um, that Brett Brown wasn't the man for the job, but now, but like, so, so like me knowing that I should have always said, well, get rid of Brett Brown. And then we could see 
what's going on with these players. So, but so now I am definitely doubling down on that, and I'm not speaking on anything that these players do wrong until they change their coaching situation. Well, but well. as far as their personality and how they handle themselves on and off the court, that is totally <laughs> different. That is totally different. Joel Embiid is going to get this work. Shout out to Loaded Lux. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> listen, man, because here's the thing, bro. Joel is out here, like his body language says it all, bro. Like, yo, you you carry yourself like a child. Like your hands in your face, you can't face nobody eye to like eye. A, like an infant, man. Like you, like a fucking infant, man. You can't face nobody eye to eye. You like you can't just be like, oh, we lost today, blah 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 blah, and take it take it for what it is. Like we've seen so many players take it for what it is, and yet we've also seen so many players. Act, act like a child or a diva, and he's and he's in that child diva category. If he's winning, everything's great. If he if he's not winning, he has no idea how to conduct himself. That's insane to me. Um, so, so yeah, man. Um, like he needs to grow up a bit uh, on a personal level, and like and figure and figure something out because the way that he carries himself also affects his gameplay. So like he needs to he yes. needs to figure he needs to figure that out greatly. Um I could really go further but I mean I have more. But if you guys like listen to me and you anybody that has been listening you know that I I go in a lot on this team so I'm not going to do that today. Well, it's my turn today, okay? Because I'm like you, like you know me. Mm-hmm. You can tell by my body language right now that I'm like utterly disgusted by this whole situation, man. Like, come on, dog. Like, I'd rather you just get up from the table and walk off. You know, grab your little man purse like LeBron did. You know what I'm saying? You know, put your shades on and just walk out of the damn interview. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather you do that than to be up there with your face, with your, with your uh, face in your hands and rubbing and, you know, making it look like you're choking back tears and shit because you lost, because you lost, man, because uh-huh. you lost. Mark, man, I can't, I can't put up with this dude no more. So, but, uh, but to a different angle, to a different perspective on the whole Sixers situation. So I, you know, I was just browsing, you know, browsing YouTube, ran into a video of Jimmy Butler speaking on his time in, with the Sixers. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think this was on, um, I want to say this was on the uh, podcast with J.J. Reddick. Yes. It, it, and lo and behold, it's, I mean, this is a five-month-old thing, but lo and behold, he's on there talking about how the day that he kind of knew it was going to be a problem was two weeks in, they go to their first, like, meet, like, um, you know, they go to one of their meetings where they're watching film and they play, they're sitting in the back, they play the film. Okay. The coach, the coach is playing the film. Brett Brown is playing the film and they're clicking through and they're going watching all these plays and stuff that they go through. And typically you would, you would, you would expect there to be some type of conversation. Like, look what you guys are doing wrong here. We could probably do this better here. And literally he said, they sat there in silence for the entirety 
of the film session. Nobody said anything. He said he was new, so he didn't say anything. He was just sitting there looking at JJ and they were looking at each other. And he was like confused. And then he was like wondering if they was going to say anything the whole time. And then he was like, all right, that's it. Let's go practice. And I'm like, what? So he was like, yo, this is like he said he had to pull JJ aside um, later after the practice and be like, yo, what, what was going on? Is it always like this? And he was like, yeah. So, so, so you're telling me y'all sit these players down in the film room and y'all don't critique them? Y'all don't even say anything? Y'all don't even say anything about so, – so to me, it's like, okay, so there's no surprise what's going on there. I mean, we both already knew that Brett Brown was the problem, but that is insane. That somebody and somebody above them knows that this is going on, and there's absolutely nothing happening about it. I don't even understand in what world and what sports world that this is a regular thing or that this happens in. So whatever whatever else they take, they need to hold that. You know what I'm saying? And if you and if you're a leader, you can speak up. JJ, I mean, Jimmy Butler said he spoke up after that. Right. He spoke up and said, hey, man, this person feels like they could use some more minutes or we think it'll help the team if this person got more pick, got more pick and rolls or, you know what I'm saying? He mentioned all these things and, and, and basically the coaches kind of looked at him like, you said other players said they thought some shit needed to change. Who are they? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like they were kind of offended by it, you know? So, so that whole reason, that whole thing right there, that whole culture that they got going on, with the coach and whatever coaches assistants and all that stuff is the reason why um, that, I mean, I don't know if that sounds crazy to y'all, but that's just sound insane to me, but that's, that's it. I think I'm done with along with you. I can't do this. I'm not even, I'm not even in the area. I'm not a Sixers fan. I'm not, you know what I'm saying? I'm just a fan of basketball that likes to see talent shine. And, right. and this is utterly disgusting to me, Mark. I can't do any more Sixers topics. You just you're probably just gonna oh, get straight. We only got one more game on. left. Good, good. Because you're getting straight news out of me when it when we talk about the Sixers because um I I'm I'm just waiting for Brett Brown to get, get fired. Yeah. So yeah, hopefully that does happen very soon. Um so anyway, last game of the evening is Clippers versus Dallas. And boy, oh boy, oh boy, did I tell you, I told you, I told you, PG is a fucking liability. I said it. Like, this team should have won by 20 had PG not been there. PG held this team back. Like, they won in spite of PG. You know that, correct? I know what happened. I know what happened. <laughs> okay. But, but I'm, I'm going to speak <laughs> okay. my piece when you're done, though. You're not okay. off the hook yet. All right, listen, I get it. But, like, you, you understand that they won in spite of PG. And essentially, and essentially what, we're say, what, what we're saying is, yo, you need, you need a Shamit. You, you need Kawhi Leonard, who is <laughs> arguably the best – who is arguably – the, one of the top three players in the league to get past to get past the handicap that is Paul George. 
You understand that, right? I, I don't know what reaction you want from me, Mark, man. <laughs> I'm just like, saying. I'm just like, saying. I don't know what reaction. Until I can fully explain myself, I can't react to this stuff, man. Because I'm I, telling you right now, like, Paul George, I'm like, okay, he's like two for six. He can get out of that. Okay, he's two for eight. Maybe he could get out of that. Okay, he's two for ten. Maybe he should. Oh, he went back to he went to the bench for a little bit. Okay, he's two for thirteen. I'm like, man, why? Like, why are you giving this man the ball? <laughs> Guys have the lead. Bring somebody off the bench in, please. But Mark, I kept looking at the point total because I was like, I told, I was like, Mark, when this man puts up an eight point game, a five point game, you come get you. You talk to me then because the last time he played. Last time he had a mediocre game, he put up 14. And I was like, that's exactly where about the range that I told you. I was like, and I'm sitting here looking at these two shots made, and I'm like, I'm gonna have to go, I'm gonna have to go talk to Mark in a, in a minute, yo. When was the next episode? When's the, when's the next episode? All right, okay, yeah. So yeah, I'm yeah, I I definitely was eyeballing uh that score that score yesterday and I was like, man, this shit is bad news, man. This is bad news. I know he going I know he going to call me out, you know. Listen, man, because that this is a pro- like I've told you about PG and this situation with this team, man. PG is it I told you that and I didn't say that uh Dallas was going to win the series, but I did say Dallas has a chance to win the series because of pg and this and this proves my point like first of all this dallas should be up 2-0 i mean they like this should be a 2-1 series excuse me this should be a 2-1 series already like like let's be if it wasn't for chris sap this would be a 2-1 series chris sap going out is what saved the clippers in game one like that's just the that's just the bona fide fact um so so and now you have PG out here handicapping the team all over the place. Like, this isn't going to work out for them. Like, I mean, Luca went – like, luckily for them, also, Luca went down. Like, that's another thing, bro. Luca went down. Uh, and, Luka, and, somehow, and, going. and somehow this team still managed to only win by eight points. Let me tell you, um, there's two things that the – okay, man. Now I got to dig into the Clippers real quick, man, as a team as a whole. Because, you know, I saw so many dis- – I saw so many disparaging things last night, man. I'm like, yo, well, not just last night. In this series, I should say. I'm like, yo, y'all keep – like, I'm not going to say y'all keep telling me. Because I do believe – I do believe that um, Doc Rivers is one of the better coaches – in the NBA, you know, I do believe that wholeheartedly. And I do believe that his time, you know, his time with the Clippers previously was being ruined by uh, Doc Rivers, the GM. So I felt like he's not a good GM, but he's a great coach. So now that the GM duties have been taken from him, I'm like, okay, it's looking good. Everything seems right. You know, they actually made a lot of good moves as far as additions to the team, player-wise, all this other stuff. That's great. You know what I'm saying? And then I'm over here wondering why in game one, they scored 66 points in the first half and we're still losing the game. Right. Like, I thought this was supposed to be the greatest assemblance of defensive players that we've seen since the, since the, uh, since the Bulls. 
Like, like, what are we talking about, man? So, so that was so. I was like, nah, man. If they're just gonna go come in here and get their wig split every night, then they're gonna then then there's a chance that they're gonna lose. You know, they if they don't play some type of defense, and I'm like, and then thinking about it, I really can't blame them for Chris Stapps. They ain't got nobody to guard Chris Stapps. You know, Luca should be guardable, should be guardable hold, by hold PG. On, one, one second, one second, one second. Mm-hmm. So you, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I was saying Lucas should be guardable. He should be guardable, you know, by PG and by by Kawhi Leonard. So I'm trying to figure out. I mean, like I said, Kristaps, whatever. Lucas should be guardable. Why is Luca putting up Larry Bird numbers in this fucking series? Luca's great, and I love Luca, and that's and that's and that's good. But I'm not going to give the Clippers a pass. For Luca going off, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say, well, Luca's Luca. No, y'all are supposed to be the Clippers. Y'all telling me y'all have the two best wing defenders in the league on the same team, and and Luca is playing on the wing, and you're telling me that you got nobody to stop him. Okay, they getting cooked out there. Okay, they yeah. getting cooked, and and it was and and I happen to notice that they're not putting Kawhi isn't guarding him all game. I'm trying to figure this out, man. Like, and, and, and so that's my gripe with Doc Rivers. Like, when you really watch the games, it's like Kawhi ain't on them. So, so what are we doing here? Is Kawhi just don't want to play defense? Is that part of one of his contract stipulations that he's only going to give you 10 minutes of defense per game? I don't know, man. But, but that's really disparaging. And then, okay, Paul George. Let's get to Paul George. Paul George, I, I said it before. I'll say it again. He has not been the same since he put that 13 on his back, man. Paul George with the 24, the young dude that 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 was uh that had promise. He was like a at that time, he was like a Jason Tatum that could play defense, you know? He was giving LeBron fits back in those days, you know? I don't know what happened to him after those two series with the Heat, but after that, man, I don't know. Paul George ain't been the same, man. So, it's been a long time, but I mean, you think with experience and, and and going to the playoffs almost every year, you would think that he would learn something, like how to put the ball in the hoop right. when, when it matters. But, yeah, and you're right, man. These guys, Luca, Luca has been playing out of his mind. He, he, gets, he goes down. Y'all should be smelling blood in the water. And what happens? Y'all win by eight? They actually, they actually closed the gap when Luca was gone. I'm trying to, like – yeah. I'm trying to really figure this out, man. If if the if the Clippers if the Clippers make it out of this series, they don't deserve it. No, they don't deserve it. I, uh, not at all. You know. Well, so so that's what I'm going to say about that. I mean, the, but the Clippers as a whole, everybody plays defense. So I'm not just going to say it's Paul George's fault or it's Kawhi's fault. Everybody's supposed to be able to play defense, but specifically Doc Rivers. If you're not putting Kawhi on Luca at this point, then what are you doing? Yeah. Well, um, yeah, man, that's all, it's all insane. All, all nut stuff. Um, I did want to possibly talk about, um, what's going on. Um, take it back to the Sixers. Um, because, um, apparently everything's in shamble in the Sixers and every NBA team in the league smells blood in the water and, they try to ship picks to get to get Ben Simmons off of their hands. I like I think that's hilarious that everybody's like, oh, 
uh oh, like this team is in shambles. They about to hey, blow it up. They see the ship sinking. The ship <laughs> is sinking. They're like, yo, they about to blow it up. Let's get let's get what we can. Like, yo, basically fire sale. Basically, what what is going on right now is like what you see for or in models. Like where <laughs> it's the store closing sign over the top. Everything's thirty yep. percent off, and like everybody's just running up to the doors, like, "Yo, I'll give, <laughs> I'll give you a number two pick for that guy." This, like, you're not gonna use him, like, nah, bro. Dog. I, I, me personally, I think this is all uh, much to do about nothing, um, because like they're not getting rid of Ben Simmons. At least they listen. I would hope they do not get rid of Ben Simmons because you cannot break this team apart until. You fig until you have a new coach, and you figure out what a new coach can get out of these players. Like you break these, you break these players up without getting a new coach. That is a problem. And and shout out to Darius if you're listening. Um, the the move that um, Jimmy Butler said, and he also said in the JJ Reddick podcast that he heard that the team was looking to control control him and that's what and that's what led his decision to be to turn down their max contract and uh sign with the Miami Heat um well listen i'm going to speak to this the um if that was true the team shouldn't have looked to control him they should have looked to find a new to find a different coach who would who was better suited for for that team? Like Brett Brown is the problem, has always been the problem, and the fact that no one seen, no one up into this year has been able to see to recognize that is insane to me. But I've been shooting shouting this from the mountaintops since I don't know three years ago. It's been so, a few years, yeah. So so, so yeah, man. Um, so like, don't break this team up until until you have a new coach and you figure out what what you actually have in front of you. So real quick, uh, just a couple more tidbits mm-hmm. about the Sixers. Um, just on that comment of the whole, they were looking to control him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to figure out why they would even say that when they don't even look to control the two players, the two superstars that they do have in their team. So, I mean – if I was Jimmy Butler and I heard that, I would definitely be bouncing well, like, "Yo, so, so." Well, I can no. Well, I can say I can answer that very quickly. The two players that they, the two players that they have that that they're not looking to control, they're they're very passive in the way in their approach of being um, of being divas are not are doing whatever the hell they want to do. They're very passive and they don't require anything of anyone else. So, Did so they, basically, you're telling me that. Because everything is like they're like, hey man, we got a nice laid back environment here. Okay. You guys are cool with that. Everybody's late. Ben Simmons and Embiid are laid back. And then Jimmy Butler comes in and says, Let's do work. And they're like, We can't have this. We need him to be lazy, like the rest of these players. Basically. Hey, can you make him can you make him lazy like you guys? Basically. So are you telling me that the team is mad because Jimmy Butler wasn't lazy enough for them? Essentially, that's what it seems to me. Like yo, you're too hungry, man. You're too hungry. You want, you want, you know, you want, you want to win. To be somebody else. How dare you, man? This is. I'm sorry. That shit just. It's just everything is just disgusting to me right now. But that wasn't my point of bringing up the Sixers again. I just wanted to say that Mark, 
Sixers fans out there, be prepared. Be prepared. Um, yeah, you better not think that shit. Now, I know you was about to address me. See? Like, you see? Like, yeah. Like, so, no. Sixers fans need to be uh, prepared for anything that might happen in, in the event that this does turn into a sinking ship. Because I do feel like they're going to give Brett Brown another year. Okay? Well, but, here, but, here uh, to but, your point. No, I just want to put this out to your point and then you can continue. Because some, the moment that you said that somebody out there is thinking well why would they do that how why listen everyone out there he still <laughs> has time on his contract they if they get rid of him and hire a new coach they will pay be paying two coaches at the same time and the amount of money that they still owe him is a significant amount i'm not going to look it up at this moment but trust me when i say they owe him a significant amount of money so that it would be a reason to bring Brett Brown back is because they, if they get rid of him, they will be paying him next year if he's not immediately picked up by another team. But looking at him, he's not going to be immediately picked up by another team. So continue. Okay. But, yes, if this does turn into a sinking ship, um, I've seen this before. I've seen this, I've, I've seen this scenario in football before, Mark. There was a team, <laughs> 49ers team, that had the same issue. You had – the old trifecta, mm-hmm. the old three-way hate hate triangle between T.O., Jeff Garcia, and Steve Mariucci, okay? And what was decided by our organization at that time was because people, fans were like, yo, something has to be done. We were just, we liked the production on the field, but we knew there was so much turmoil going on that it was eventually going to implode. So it was like, it basically came down to somebody has to go. Somebody has to go. And all signs looked like it was going to be T.O. has to go. Like, you know, um, at the time, that's when they, that's when they had the whole um, trade situation and the whole fiasco, um, the whole fiasco with the Ravens supposedly supposed to get them and then turning mm-hmm. into the Eagles picking them up. That whole, that whole scenario played out. But we got rid of T.O., okay? And that's what was told. We said, we got to get rid of somebody. Just one person has to go. They got rid of T.O. The next year, we filled the team. We still had Jeff Garcia and Steve Mariucci as our coach. The very next year, they got rid of Jeff Gar- they, they, they got rid of uh, Steve Mariucci. Mm-hmm. And then Jeff Garcia played one more year, and then Jeff Garcia left. Okay? So we, all three people in that, in that situation eventually were not on the team. And it happened one year after the other so all i'm saying is worst case scenario don't think that don't think that you guys are just going to get rid don't think that i'm talking to the Sixers fans now when i say you guys mark i want to be very clear so Mm -hmm. don't think that you guys are just like okay we got rid of brett brown that's it i'm telling you right now it's very well could happen to where you end up with just one of one of those three people or maybe none because I'm telling you, I mean, I can see it now. If I was a head coach and I was walking into that scenario, yes, I would try to rack my brain on who on how I can make it work with those two. But to be honest with you, Mark, I, I would look at those two and say, I need a leader right. that, is, that is a great player, okay? And guess what? I can't afford to pay three superstars. Therefore... And, and then if two of them are going to be injury prone, no, one of y'all have to go. 
I'll bring in somebody to lead the other guy, but one of y'all have to go. That's, that's the way I would play it if I was a new coach coming into that situation. So I, I personally believe that Brett Brown will be gone soon, but I also believe that either Embiid or Ben Simmons will leave. And if you had to, if you had to make me choose, I'm, I'm going to choose Ben Simmons over, I'm going to choose Ben Simmons to keep over Embiid. So I'm, that's what I would, that's what I would do. So that's what I'm expecting in this scenario. All right. Excellent. Cool. Um, so let's get into the last part of our, of this, uh, extended, uh, episode. And, um, let's talk about, um, tonight's games, um, very quickly. Um, I just want to address this about the OKC, um, heat game. And then I want to move on because this isn't the meat and potatoes of what we're trying to get into. Um, the, Russell Westbrook will not be playing tonight. Is um, I'm looking at the I'm looking at um, the injury report now, and it's currently saying that he is out. It's not saying questionable. It's saying out. Um, so, um, and should that stay the same? I be, I believe that it should stay the same. Like he shouldn't play. They're playing. They're playing well without him. And if you could give him more time to heal, do so because you will need him in the next uh, round of the playoffs. Now. Um, very quickly, I want to say that every since seeing how everybody in the media hates uh, Russell Westbrook, <clears throat> if at at any point he comes back and the Rockets drop a game, it's automatically going to be Russ's fault. Be, they're going to be like they played so great without him, and now they lost the game. Like it, it's automatically going to be Russ's fault. They. The media hates Russ. It's it's insane to me. Built-in scapegoat. Yep. He, he has always been the built-in scapegoat. Meanwhile, he had he had the ankle weight that is PG on his team for the last two <laughs> for the last ankle two weight, years. man. <laughs> so, <Bruh. laughs> um, but I'm just, but yeah, man. Um, I think that'll, but I think that. Just on a personal note, I think that OKC will win this game. I think they're too good to be swept um, in this series. Like, if they are swept, that would be a major surprise to me. Um, you have anything quick to say about that? Um, I just don't think Russ should come back at all in this series. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> that I mean, there's no reason for him to come back, get as much rest as you can. This shit is about, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, bring the brooms out, all that stuff. They done, man. Um, it, like I said, they're, you know, whatever's happening over there in, in the coaching and in, in the, in the leadership or lack thereof, apparently from Chris Paul, it just doesn't look like they're going to fix anything or play any differently. OKC's up out of there. But I don't, I, I definitely don't want to see the Russell Westbrook scapegoat scapegoat excuse anymore. At all. I, I'm tired. I've been tired of it. You know, um, I you know, I, I mean, we could go into all the other times when the other player played the other player that he was with played bad. Well, well, then, we'll save that. No, no, I'm not. We'll I'm not that. going to. I'm not going to. But I'm saying we could. But there's no point. There's no point because. You know, everybody's going to cape for who they for, for who they like, and I'll be honest with you. And I hate to I hate to put it this way, but, this but is nobody part of the likes culture. Russ. 
No, I mean, this is, it, I'm going to tell you why, though. I'm going to tell you why, Mark. And it's going to sound stupid, but this is the culture in the NBA. If, if Russ was a better jump shooter, people wouldn't hate him. It has nothing – they don't care about any other skill set that he might possess. They might – they don't care about his ability to get to the basket at will. They don't care about his heart. They don't care about um, his leadership. Like, how many times have we seen them ask – how many times have we seen them ask KD questions and, and, and Russ step in and snatch the mic away and say, yo, ask the questions to me? Like – like, I think his leadership should be unquestioned. But, but this is the thing. People don't want to talk about that. If you can't shoot in today's game, people don't want to hear it. That's plain and simple. So he's always going to be the scapegoat until he can, until he can consistently, you know, at a high enough level for, I guess, the media. If, until he can consistently hit the three at a high enough level for the media, then this is what it's going to be. It's always going to be put on him, and they're just going to hate him for no reason. Right. Um, I believe, I believe that as well. Um, but let's get into this, uh, major part here. Um, Lakers, Lakers, Blazers series is tied one, one. Um, so game three hinges on whether and game three for the Blazers pretty much hinges on whether or not, um, uh, Damian Lillard's uh, index finger is good to go and whether or not that will affect anything about his game at all today. Um, hopefully it doesn't. Um, and hopefully they can pull this out. Because um, I just think it would be more interesting for basketball to see how everybody scrambles to explain this um, should the Blazers win. I mean, I already find it interesting to watch Skip Bayless fumble all over himself after talking so much shit about Dame and Dame just making him eat his words night after night. So, um, yeah, man. Yeah, Skip is in a real funny position because he don't like LeBron neither, so I don't even know how he's watching this series, though. At all. <laughs> so, so, but yeah, man. But the main question I have about this is, and I'm going to pose it to you. Gotcha. Should the Blazers win this series, does it affect LeBron's legacy at all? <sighs> yeah. Um, I, I think it does affect it, but it affects his legacy in a specific manner. Like, I, like, I don't think – I honestly – and I hate to say it because it's so late in his, his career right now. And to be honest with you, he has so many losses that are bad already. You know, people look at the um, – people, people still hold it against him for getting swept by the, by the Spurs. I don't. Mm -hmm. But they thought he should have won at least one game. Um, they, they get on him for losing 4-1 to the, to the Spurs when he was with Miami. Um, you have the Dallas, uh, that series loss, you have him dropping 50 in, in game one and then in game one the other year, and then not doing anything in, in, except for pouting in, in the OT, which I mean, I can't really blame him, but at the same time, I'm not LeBron James. <laughs> I'm not LeBron James and you, and he is, and he shouldn't have been pouting. Like you a grown ass man. You've been in this too long. You're supposed to be one of the greatest. You're supposed to show up in that OT 
it's and, and pout after the game. You know what I mean? But uh, you know, he's he's got all these dings that are keeping him from being, you know, talked about as far as the greatest of all time. And but I feel like the gap between him and and, and the rest of these NBA players, these previous NBA players, is a big enough gap to where I don't know if you can move them down if they lose. So what I'm saying is the way I see this effect on his legacy is it a thousand percent widens the gap between him and MJ. And it does not allow him to close the gap any further. I, I think it, it basically puts the ceiling right above his head to where he cannot move up anymore if he loses the series. And if he loses this series and continues later on to win some championships, I still feel like that cap that gets put on there mm-hmm. still does not move up. That's, the, just, that's just how I feel, you know, because they're going to look at it. He's older. He's got AD, you know, when he, they just lost to the – they're going to bring up that loss, man. They're going to bring up this loss if they lose to the uh, Blazers, no matter how good the Blazers are. Okay. The Blazers could go and go win the – the Blazers could win the championship this year. Right. And well, one's not going to get a pass for losing to them in the first round as the number one seed. Well, here's my thing, because I, I disagree with you a bit. Um, like, I, I will say this, that um, it, I can see how people would say that it hurts his – like the GOAT talk, but I not, he's never been in the GOAT category for me. So, like, for me – I don't, it cannot hurt his legacy because he's not in the GOAT category in the first place, and nor was he ever in a consideration for that category for a while now. Um, uh, so, and that's, for me, that's because of his attitude towards the game in certain areas, flopping all over the floor. And, like, there's just, uh, there's the things that go into it as to why I can't put him there. Um um, so, but anyway, he's a phenomenal player. He's definitely, he's definitely, um, number two, uh, for me. Um, and, but it wouldn't lower him at all for me because, okay. because Portland, um, going into this series, people said Portland had a shot, like looking at the way that they were playing, looking at their lineup, people gave port people gave Portland a shot. Now, mind you, they have now lost Collins, which hurts them a bit. Um, um, but, but even with that, going into the series, everyone said Portland had a shot. So, if you already acknowledge that the, that this team has a shot to to win the series, then you cannot you can't knock it. You can't say, "Oh, well, they had a shot to win the series, but I'm still going to take a point from LeBron. Like, no, they like we already acknowledged that they match up well against against this person. Like, so it's not something that yeah. I'm. So it's not something that I can I can discredit you for when I say that when I've already acknowledged that you match up well against them. It'd be like, see, you know, for example, if Toronto was to lose to the Nets. Then I would be like, oh, we have to reevaluate what we thought about the Nets because mm-hmm. I mean, what we thought about Toronto because we know the Nets is trash. At least they're trash without who they without the people that yeah. uh, without KD and Kyrie, and we know that Toronto's the number one seed and that 
we a lot of people have them favored to go to the championship. So if they were to lose to the Nets, that would a thousand percent make you have to reevaluate how good was the uh, Raptors in the first place. But when I come into it and say the Lakers, um, the Lakers are going to have a tough time with this Blazers team. I can't be like, well, you shouldn't have lost to them. Like, no, I've acknowledged that this team Mm -hmm. is on your level. So like there, it could go either way. Like that's, it's not fair. It's not a fair thing to try to knock them for losing to a quality opponent. Yes, and and I and I and I hear you. I hear you on that. But some would say, as a superstar that wants to be considered in the goat conversation, it doesn't matter. Those are exactly the type of series that you should be winning, right? Yeah. But at the same time, to those same people that would say that, I would also then ask them the question. But then are you giving them credit? Are you going to give, are you giving him extra credit for beating a, a, a difficult to beat team in a close series? Right. And if your answer is no, if your answer is no, then, then, then like, I just feel like those two things can't yeah, be true it, at the same time. Yeah, like, you're right. not, it's, yeah, you know what I mean? Like you can't do that. Like if you, like, if you're saying, if you're saying he should win and this is the type of stuff that defines you, you know, then, then let it define him. If he wins that shit, then you got to give him praise. But no, if you, you know, you know how it's, you know how it goes, you know, and it's not just regular people. It's the media too. You know, they'll, everything is, let's wait for the results before, you know, we really say how we really feel. Because if he, I feel like, I do feel like the the general response is if he wins this, if, if the Lakers win, it'll be business as usual. He's, there's not going to be any praise handed out for them uh, taking care of, the Blazers, but if they lose, there's going to be an uproar because you know what? There's just a group of people out there that are waiting to hate on LeBron at any chance they get. And I'm going to let you guys know right now that are listening and watching, um, me and me and me and Mark have a, a slightly different take on how we see LeBron, you know, be, mainly probably primarily because I was, I've been, I've been following LeBron's career since he was like 16, 17 and, you know, and, um, but, but either way, we have different takes on how we see LeBron, but at the same time, I, I am more of a fan, but I'm still going to give you, give it to you straight. If LeBron is out here doing some wild stuff and, and, and you know, not playing like he's supposed to, I'm going to call it out. Mark, although he, like he said, he was never in a gold conversation for him, but at the same time, he's sitting here telling you, look, I'm not going to ding him for losing to a team that I think matches up with them. So, I mean, I, I, I wish there was more people out there like that, but you know what? It, it is what it is. That's why we're here, though. That's why we're giving you this show. Right, exactly, man. I'm going to just give it to you straight. I'm not no chaser. I'm not going to give any picks. I'm out here to just be like, I'm going to be fair, man. You could be my favorite player, and I'm going to talk shit about you. Yeah. At some point, you're going to hear me talk shit about, uh, about Russell Westbrook if he goes out and messes up. At some point, you're going to hear me talk shit about uh, the Eagles. Actually, you probably already heard me talk shit about the Eagles. Yeah, you already been. What you, what you talk about, man? <laughs> yeah, and I, and I love the like, I love them to death. Man. Like, that's just the type of fan that I am. Um, but you are right that this will put a ceiling on, um, on LeBron should he lose. Because, because the conversation when it comes to the Go Talk will be, 
well, when the, when the road gets tough, do you win? And because you can't mm-hmm. be the GOAT if when the road gets tough, you don't win. So you are absolutely right. Um, mm-hmm. It will put a ceiling on it will put a ceiling on his um, on his legacy. But will it ding his legacy as it is already? I do not believe so. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, man. So okay. that's all we have for this evening. Thank you guys for listening. Anybody that has stayed around this entire two hours, we appreciate you. Um, and anyone that hasn't and just listened to their parts, we appreciate you as well. Um, we are available on YouTube, Spotify, Anchor, Apple, link, like, subscribe, follow, do all that great stuff. Follow us on Facebook. Just look for the dope logo, type in the eye test network and look for the dope logo. Um, leave us comments on that page Um, any topics that you would like to hear us bring up bring it up on that page and we will discuss it in the next episode and we will be certain to shout you out for giving us uh, any topic that we find interesting All right, man did I miss anything got it all yeah excellent thank you All right, brother it's a pleasure as always you and this, uh, you playing around with this green screen and all that. That's cute. Um, that's you know really saying you see that, <laughs> yeah. So that's cute, man. Um, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get smarter for you guys on the presentation that we have on YouTube. I'm gonna start integrating overlays, I promise. But you know, um, getting smart on that, on that kind of stuff takes time, so and between shooting the podcast and working and having a family. It's just going to be a little bit, but stick with us, man. I promise we're going to get better every day. Yeah. Look, man, we just trying to, we just trying to grow and uh, have you guys come and grow, come along for the ride and grow with us, man. Yeah, man. All right. So um, as always, brother, it's a pleasure. Um, I just feel honored to sit here with Freddie Gibbs today. This was amazing. Yo, keep playing, dog. Yo, when's the when's the next album coming out? The last one was fire. I love your single with problem. Appreciate you, bro. Nah, man, no way y'all doing that. But shout out to Problem though, dope, uh, dope West Coast rapper. Been around for years. Actually met him in person. Uh, Really cool dude. Well, man. yeah, of course. You met him in person. When stop y'all- it, dog. Stop, 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 stop. You know what? <clears throat> yeah, we're no, going to end I, this up. We're wrapping yeah, this dude, up right now. No, just, just say, I love it when she's mad at me. Come on. Say it one time. No, I won't. I'm not going to do that. I'm not even going to fucking. Can't, can't let you get the satisfaction. Nope. <laughs> All right, dog. All right, man. It, it was fun. All right. Yeah. Everybody, peace. Later.